back into things. Last time, two weeks ago, we came back home from Dame Crab's estate after saving her daughter Sepsinia from her weird ex-boyfriend spider thing. That was an <laughs> that was an interesting situation that I don't think anyone really expected to find themselves in, just traveling up to <laughs> visit with some friends for the for a weekend, but there we are. On our way back home, though, <laughs> we met a nice gentleman by the name of Bubo, who was having a problem with a Medusa in the area. And after a little bit of discussion, we arrived at the same conclusion that any entrepreneuring, entrepreneuring young adventurers group would come to in that we should just burn down the house it's hiding in. Absolutely. <laughs> and sort of just watch the door in case you or ten of her closest friends decide to come running out. But after getting back inside the on fire building <laughs> to ensure that this injured Medusa was in fact well and truly dead. We invited Bubo whose local pastimes include banditry and... <laughs> Hypothetically. Hypothetical banditry. Hypothetical And other yeah. assorted quasi-legal vagabond activities to come head up the newly established Stockies Town Guard. <laughs> I mean... Naturally. If it makes sense to me... You gotta get. He owns a weapon and, and armor. That seems like all the all the real qualifications that we need. He killed a Medusa. A, he did kill a Medusa. I mean, mm -hmm. due to his credit, whatever his background or his understanding of the law, he did kill a Medusa, which puts him to, in Marat County. That's gotta be in like the first or second percentile of mm -hmm. badassery. This is a place that spent several months terrorized by a single admittedly pretty ornery manticore but still just kind of one manticore that they couldn't wrangle anyone in to come and deal with until the party showed up so zero was, now yeah well now zero manticores that's been dealt with but well, taking down a medusa alone Mm-hmm. now we're getting into quantum theory I, I don't, i'm not ready for that yet <laughs> or hypothetical theories point is we made our way back home to Stockus to decide what we wanted to do with the construction crews that have been brought in. I both the ones, well, the ones that you guys hired to build the mill had finished, and you arrived to the town's mill being repaired, functional, intact, and usable, perfectly in time for the harvest that's going to be happening next week. But you had all the crews that had been sent over from Pensaris by Baron O'Kara that needed instruction. And after what ended up being actually a whole lot of discussion about what they maybe should or should not be doing, we decided to have them do just the most basic things. Repair and expand the usable farming area around Stockies and do what they can to fix the roads. Thought process, if you can get to Stockies and you can bring wagons and carts and goods into Stockies, that should help it grow on its own, logically. Makes sense. You also came by inquiring after a pair of Abadaran acolytes that you had uh, been told of on your way up to Dame Crabs. 
who like to make pilgrimages to the place where apparently the giant man-eating snake lives. They were not aware of the giant man-eating snake, but the archbanker up in Lothidar hasn't managed to make contact with them. And they came through on their pilgrimage a day ago to head out to the canyon. That generally just seems like a recipe for bad times. So, with no further ado, and with all possible haste, the group of you headed back out east, over towards that canyon, and had ended up, I believe, just right here at the end of the session. Lined up on the edge of the canyon itself, looking down into it, trying to see anything. And you had had Baylor cast light on a small rock, as it is well past sundown at this point, and just toss it in down towards the creek at the bottom of the canyon bed. And there, the more eagle-eyed of you spotted something. There's some kind of a shape in the water. Whether that shape is snake or dead body of possibly one or more acolytes or a log or whatever we have not yet established. So what so, are we doing with this? Before we get into this, I've already got another patented Nell idea. We're just getting started. You, you being... I have handled animal. It's... Oh, no. <laughs> I want to at least try. Guys, he has an idea. The nobleman is thinking... Oh, no. Let me try that again. There no. All right. So you. I, I, I would just present it to the party. To the party? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. As I'm good with animals, maybe I can make it leave or not attack us or something. Like, let me try. You know, this has to be, without a shadow of a doubt, the best idea I have ever heard you come up with now. <laughs> I can't wait to see you try to do this. I'm, I'm up for it. Anybody else? Um, yeah, I would do it just in full defense, just in case he decides you're a tasty snack. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm definitely not going to just let it eat me, but... So... Uh, who doesn't total, want a giant snack bait? Total defense snake requires bait. you to be aware of your enemy. Uh, because you are dodging them. You actually, it's a dodge bonus. You don't even get it against like invisible enemies or whatnot. So until you have, well, seen I, what, what I mean is, I'm is, not going to have my weapon, but I'll have my shield up. Okay, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying mechanically wise, you can't yeah. actually be in total defense with the plus six or whatever it is you get with your AC because yeah. you have some stuff invested in that. All right, Nell. You know this is interesting. We had a a conversation just the other day. Uh, and pertaining to teaching children via natural consequences. <laughs> I feel like that's what we're going for here. Sometimes you just have to let them do dumb things. So I don't think that's going to work on that. He does a lot of dumb things. No one's stopping you this time, are they? Yeah, nobody's stopping you. No, I mean, I'm so not going go down there by myself. The... We're going to do the original plan of, like, get set up and get ready. Drop but... this here, Baylor, real quick until he gets here. Yeah, before we actually attack it and say, all right, it's time to kill the giant snake, we can at least try. 
Yeah, I'll, um, I'll uh, stay up here and... Um, that doesn't sound like Dara's voice. Shoot at anything. <laughs> yeah, so do we just need to make a... Dara's voice got a lot go higher over the, over the holidays. <laughs> oh, well, yes. Well, I could, mm. I don't know, I guess, I, yeah, I'll have to get more in character. In character. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. All right, now what are I we doing? something you in down? my throat. Uh, <laughs> are you okay, darling? <laughs> is it all right? It's, it's been a couple weeks. There's been <laughs> holidays and drinking. Give us a minute. <laughs> We're getting back into it. It's New Year's Eve. Shemya was definitely pre-gaming before we even started. Mm-hmm. All right. So, what do you want to do now? Do you want to start heading down into the canyon here? Yeah. Is it a climb check or just go down? <laughs> Thanks no, for talking not. about the pre-gaming. It's not so steep as to require any sort of a climb check. It would be until you get down onto the actual bed down here at the bottom. It is. Bro, bro, bro. See, now it's a secret. You can't tell if it's Sirenscape dog noises or if it's actual dog noises. Spoiler, <laughs> that's that one's good actual Sirenscape dog noises. <laughs> so, until I get down here. Yeah, you, you just it's like difficult terrain, basically, but it's no actual climb check. So, Nell makes his way down the escarpment to the bottom of the canyon and closer to the stream and the rock. Just moving towards... Well, being directed to, because I don't believe it was you. I don't have all the perception rolls right here, it. actually. It was actually you. It was you and Dara who, do see, who did notice the shape under the water. So moving towards whatever it was you would see and trying to figure out what it is. And if it is a snake, trying to, I don't know, charm it. Yeah. Tactical but. dad incoming, so according to the chat. He's he's on his way. All right, so Baylor's on his way. We'll be here in a minute. What are you doing, though? Uh, well, I believe someone was supposed to come down here with me. Nori? He shouts back up the canyon. Is somebody coming with me? You know, after... We uh, had a plan. After I'm alone. <laughs> we had a plan of... Uh, we had a plan of something of uh, Nori going to use her jump thing to attack it, her strike, and that she could do that from actually halfway off the cliff because I can cast Featherfall. But jump other than that, I don't... You're... You're bladed slash. Dash. You're bladed dash. Many been things some my, discussion my you're bladed uh, dash. You're bladed dash. But like... Strategies yeah, there I was unaware of. The strategy was to cast Featherfall on you to bladed dash kill a thing. I don't remember anybody talking about going down there and okay. like, let's pet the snake. That's a new uh, idea. You know, that's as far as preparation goes. I mean, I'm really concerned about Dara after that voice spike, so I think I'm going to stay <laughs> behind and just keep an eye on him because that was really bizarre. I'm worried, you know, maybe he's going to choke on his own tongue or something. Okay, so got the party's best interest at heart, really, and he's making sure he's keeping his new friends safe, or she's keeping <laughs> her new friends safe. Okay. So where do I see the shadow? The shadow is right about. I'll uh, go with you it's now. It's more difficult to see from being down at the level because you don't have well, the angle like, looking down into the it. creek anymore. But yeah, it was around just this this central area. You tossed the rock towards it. So it is okay. around in front of you. Well, I will slowly approach the water. Now, as you get closer and you have your... Oh, do you have a lantern as your source yeah, of light? Yeah, I just bought a new one. Yeah, you have your, your, your lantern held up looking down into this creek and as the light gets closer and spills over 
you can see this dark shape is not even entirely underwater so much as it is beached up on the side of the creek. It appears to be a body. It's white and gold robes soaked and just drifting gently as the current washes over it. Oh no. I'm going to Might not be dead. come up to the edge and make a quick perception check just to look around for anything lying in wait. Alright, let me perception check real quick. And uh, you get it with a 12. You take a glimpse up and down this creek, looking around for well, anything else that might be here. And you can I make one now that I'm down here? Yeah, you can make one too. You're down here too, so you uh, you had also roll me one. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I am on the wrong part of my character sheet. There we go. Perception. You get a twenty-three. So. Oh, oh he's Nell... here. Oh, ta-da! Ta-da! Tyler's coming. So as Nell. Takes a quick You'll need to turn your headset on the creek and uh, kneels down to check the body and see. Well, it's a body face down in a creek. It's probably dead, but it's not necessarily dead. And Nell, you know, just as a character, has previously expressed an interest in corpse collecting. So, <laughs> selling it for as fine art, <laughs> whatever it is, Nell wanted to uh, check about this corpse. As he kneels down to look at it, Kahina sees a glimmer of gold, like a, a of almost a vein of gold ore on the other side of the creek, just below the surface of the water. And as Nell bends down to this body, the entire vein of ore moves towards him. And you barely have time to craw- call out a warning before an enormous gold-flecked snake erupts out of the water. Go ahead, you guys, and roll me some initiative. Uh, everybody? Well, it's going to be all of you guys, because I assume that you are going to participate in this yeah. fight rather than just leave Nell to his fate. So I do need it for everyone. Um, and I can roll... Baylor's question mark. Oh, I didn't have my tokens open. Right, just click on your token and roll it again. I'll reveal Baylor's token so we can just get his on so we can sit down and do stuff. Everything gets so bright when his token's revealed for me because he has low light vision and he can see everything. <laughs> Alright, so Baylor. Does he have something special with his initiative? He can roll a d4. Oh, you rolled a d4 and add it to it. I can spend something to do that, yes. Oh, well, hey, you're here, so I'll just let you do it. You have roll 20 and everything open, right? Uh, not logged in. Give me just a couple seconds. Because you don't save your password to it, so I couldn't log you in. I tried. She did try to log you in to her credit. Hey, I could be squid and save a wrong password. (laughs) Oh, snap! Maximum level security. (laughs) Yeah, I could come home to be being locked out of this. The wrong password. So if someone tries to get into your account, they assume it's going to work, and then lose all their tries, wondering why I'm all log in. I'm a genius. <laughs> well, I need my token back. 
Or, hold on, uh, it's still loading in. There we go. Oh, like, your token is definitely there. Uh, it was black and I thought it was loaded, but I was gone, but it was still loading in. I know, you're good. Splash in here. As this snake erupts out of the water and flails around the river all angry-like. That's a pretty good roll you got there. Alright, so this here is a surprise round because only the snake and Kahina are where there is a combat happening. So, Kahina, you are up first. And this is a oh. reminder because I literally always have problems with this and forget it absolutely all the time. You only get one action in a surprise round, not both. Well, I'm going to use my new level five, which is anything that's got a lower initiative than me. I get an automatic, uh, is it an automatic intimidate or roll to intimidate? You get yeah, a, you do that you as to, part of rolling initiative. Yeah, you get to roll to intimidate just as yeah, part of that. Yeah, I get to roll to intimidate said snicky snick. So rather than call out a warning, you are going to yell at this snake. Snake. <laughs> yell at the snake. <laughs> so I get in the hopes it's going to be intelligent enough to understand and be afraid of you. Yeah. You will go no further. And you will rue the day you ate these alkalites. Feeling a little silly yelling at a snake. She rolls initiative regardless. Doesn't matter. Or uh, intimidate regardless. I mean, that's free. You get, yeah, you might as well. You get a 20. Somebody, remind me. I'll remember it someday. It's it's 10 plus hit die plus 10 wisdom. 10 plus hit die plus wisdom modifier. That's Shenmue's job to remember that. Hey, it's, <laughs> it's my job now because I'm an intimidate build. That's the Anzu modifier. <laughs> Alright, well, you have... Miraculously, as the snake rears up, it seems to hesitate. And it turns its head, almost cocked, looking towards you as you yell at it. And, insanely, you feel like it understands you. And beyond that, it is spooked. So that was part of a rolling initiative. You get to do that for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. So, then... Then you have your actual... Turn. Then my actual, oh, yeah, oh. I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing. Remember that because it's large, it has a plus four to the save. Oh, you are right. So he is, that is that's a good call. I, I, the, the fear rolls, I feel like, are the things. I so you get a, you got to pick between a standard or a move, right? Yeah, you, you get one, you can save one action. You get one standard mm -hmm. or one move action in a surprise round. He's actually, yeah, he's not afraid because he is much bigger than you. Okay. I forgot that was a modifier. Thank you, Derp. See, this is a group effort. By our powers combined, we know at least half the rules. Of <laughs> <laughs> By your powers combined, you know half the rule book and Ryan knows the rest. Um, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Between the three of you, you know it all. Um, the only thing I can think that she would do is... Um, starter bardic performance for now i mean that sounds like a pretty good thing for you to do so you immediately launched into your oration and just try to inspire courage in your allies particularly nell here who's looking like he's about to get nipped by a pretty angry hissing snake <laughs> and then pretty angry hissing snake 
As it launches out of the water, it hesitates for a moment to consider the very colorful woman with a very large glaive threatening it, decides it doesn't particularly care for that, and strikes out at the man closest to it, fighting towards Nell. Now you are... It wouldn't provoke coming out of the water, would it? It doesn't matter because you haven't acted yet. Combat reflexes. It's combat reflexes. Well, it's, uh, it, didn't actually, it hasn't actually moved, that's just where it is. I was you just making sure because of combat attacking. reflexes. Yeah, it's still like it's still in the creek. I forgot a combat reflexes does let you do that, but regardless, he hasn't actually gone anywhere. You just see him now because he's attacking you. Okay. So realistically, he's like the the top of him. The the area he takes up is pretty much the water level. He is very much in the river, but flat-footed, you go down to what? Twenty. Twenty because you haven't been able to activate your fighting defensively or any of that stuff yet. It's a free action, so yeah, wouldn't no, I... The, the defensive, well, no, because I said I don't have thing, a weapon in my it? hand, remember? Oh, okay, so you don't have that either. So no, because I, I was trying to handle animal. So is it 18 or is it 20? No, it's 20. Oh, it's so 22 okay. when I have my sword, and then 24 when I have dex. Regardless, this massive snake lashes forward, its lower jaw almost distending to reveal this mouth full of shimmering golden fangs and puts you almost entirely inside of its mouth, snapping its jaw shut with its two massive upper fangs trying to lock themselves around the backside of your breastplate. And this... <laughs> does very much grab you. So his fangs are locked around your armor, almost using it against you as it gives it a really solid hard thing for it to just grab onto and keep you in its mouth as it lashes and starts to bring the rest of its body coiling up around you. You take 10 damage and as parts of the fangs start to punch through your armor being a snake, it definitely has venom. So I'm going to need a fortitude save from you as well. 21. Like 21. Has now been bitten by a poisonous creature before? I mean, I would assume snakes are fairly common yes yeah probably like at some point maybe but the typical sensation of this venom ejection is, is burning fire like magma is just being shot into your veins but this this is totally different as this snake bites down and you just feel the jet of liquid sitting out of its fangs into your body it feels almost cool not like numbing like actually chilling like he's just ejecting effectively very cold water into you. It doesn't actually hurt at all. It's just a very, very awkward and somewhat unsettling feeling to experience. But with that, let me double check. It does not have Constrict. I forget Constrict on Gravel Monsters like all the time, but this one doesn't actually have one, so you're okay there. That constrict brings us back is so spooky. to Baylor. Yeah, it basically just gets to free hit. Like things that hit and auto grab attempt and then constrict are really, really shenanigans because they just basically get to hate you three times. But no, Baylor. So it's all difficult terrain. It's difficult from here terrain going down, right? Yeah, down to the, the bottom of this cannon here as you're trying to kind of scrabble down the escarpment. But it's not enough to require a climb check or anything. Well, this seems bad, so first I'm going to cast haste. That sounds which like is a going to hit 3 of us. Start for us. Yeah, so you can haste 
everyone's still up on the edge of the embankment as you uh, cast your spell and imbue them all with speed. And then you're gonna make your way down. Yeah, so these four are difficult terrain? Yes, the brown square is basically a difficult terrain. Alright. You got about 20 feet from you if you're going straight down if it's difficult terrain. But with that haste bonus, it'll help you scrabble down a lot faster. Yeah, so I can. and get to like there. So despite your age and not great propensity for melee combat, use this speed to get down to the canyon floor as quickly as possible, hoping to get into a position to do something to assist your very increasingly constricted friend, Nell. You are up. So this is really dumb, but if something's frightened and it's grabbing you, does it run away and just leave you there? I mean, it depends on if it's, if it's frightened, frightened. Yeah, frightened. It, it would, yeah. It, it would, because it... Well, actually, hmm, that's a weird one. Because frightened categorically doesn't drop the things in its hand. I guess it depends on how it would react, probably, realistically. But it also has to get away from you, yeah, right? Yeah, if it's frightened so, of yeah. you, it's definitely dropping you because it's trying to get away from you. I mean, if we're going for shenanigans, I'm going to intimidate it. So, no. Still without weapon in hand and noticing that the snake seemed Ooh. to react to Kahina's what? original threat, tries his hand. 33. A 33 on Intimidate, locked in this thing's mouth. What's he, he say? <laughs> I gotta hear what he says. <laughs> what Just does let go of the you snake? blasted snake screaming in its face. And it's got, well, I gotta calculate it again real quick. So 10, this many. Uh, you have to beat it by more than what to frighten it? 10. Beat it by more than 10. Oh, man. He's frightened. Oh, man. The snake <laughs> loosens almost immediately, seeming to kind I of second-guess second its choice of meal. <laughs> I don't, it, well, I can't release you until it acts. It's pulling away, realizing perhaps you had more and in more magical friends than it had anticipated, seems to realize it's maybe making a bad decision. You have successfully threatened the snake. The oh, snake's man. like, this is not how this works. And this, this is, is including the plus four for being worse this time. I show up. I eat you. What is this? Like my bad. I'm sorry, B. Sorry. Sorry. Imagine if we had Boobo with us. <laughs> Only. Yeah, uh, even Only. with the plus four, I got that right. Yeah, that's what the plus for being large. With all the modifiers in there, you got it. I have a really big intimidate check. Yeah, you got you got some. You're a scary boy. All right. Oh well, I guess he's a little high up for me to be able to. Did the snake come down and bite him, and did it pick him back is, up, or is he still like close right enough? The snake's in front I... of him. The snake's on like ground level. You can All just right, walk so up I can touch him. him. Yeah. So if I walk, if I he's not a I, flying snake now. If I five foot, I can like grab a leg. Of Nell. Of Nell, yeah. And to to cure like uh, to cure. <laughs> oh yes, cure yes, you can. yes. You can. Yes, uh, you can. You can get up, and as the snake is starting to uncoil and bringing its uh, parts of its body back down and letting go, you can definitely reach out and touch part of him. Okay. So with a 
quick spell. Did it roll? Oh, hold on. I didn't see that roll. This intimidate thing, uh, it gets a save. Oh, does it? 10 plus my number of ranks in intimidate, which I believe is just my level. I'm pretty sure you put a rank, so what's it got? DC Five. 15 will save? Yeah, DC 15 will. That doesn't sound like combat. That was my mother. <laughs> Sorry. All right, well. 1d8 still... plus 5, right? Yeah, 1d8 plus 5. <laughs> Fails to save, so you're still good. Okay. All right, you uh, heal now for 7. And then is that your turn? This is a whole new level 5 thing, so I'm triple and quadruple yeah. reading it. Today. So I'm just, I'm, and my continuing stuff. my performance. Yeah, of course. And right. so. Inori. Uh, as usual, seeing the clown fiesta happening down in there, Inori's just watching. She's going to look over at Dara and just. And she's going to cast Vanish. Okay. And, uh, yeah, let me get that out. They're gonna cast. I don't uh, necessarily want to be here, being the thing this gigantic snake looks at anymore, because it's. <clears throat> it's a, he's, a, he's a pretty spooky boy. So you go ahead and pull a quick spell of your own and disappear from view, turning completely invisible. Oh wow! You did the same thing I did. That's weird. We got so. That's why we double it up. There. All right. And now invisible. I can go about 30. I'm gonna. Move. You are hasted, so you have. Oh. You can move 60. Perfect. You have 60 in any of the. Yeah, like same these as, right same here are difficult There's terrain. about 20 feet of difficult terrain where you're scrabbling down to the bottom of the canyon, so those count double. So this is like a, a minus 20, basically. So, so you can there, get, you I can get, get there, effectively. You can get down to the canyon floor and about 20 feet away from the snake itself. Perfect. And since I cast it on that turn, that's one round of it, right? So I lose. So it's four now. Yes, so you're down to four. All right. I mean, it'll tick on your next initiative. But... Gotcha. Okay. All right, the snake, seemingly <laughs> confused and weirdly afraid of what's happening here, is going to immediately release Nell and slither off to elsewhere. He is going to get as far as he can up out of the river and towards the other escarpment. How long is he frightened for? Uh, am I allowed to draw a weapon while I'm grappled? I mean, you can't, it's an action. So I could have just done that as part of my turn? Uh, I mean, you could have as a move action, yeah. I thought you couldn't draw, like, long swords and stuff when you're grappled. That's Swallowed Hole. Swallowed Hole is light weapons only. Well, I mean... So you and Kahina are both in melee range of him as he slithers away, because you got this ranked fighting thing going on with Kahina's glaive. So as he... Can I stand still him? ...tries to escape, you can absolutely stand still him. You well, can... I, I know I didn't say I drew my weapon, but that's because I thought I couldn't. Okay, yeah, you have your, you have your sword in your hand. You literally just didn't take your move action because you were grappled, yeah. so you could just have it if you drew your weapon. So, I mean, let's see if I can stand still the snake, which is just a CMB check. You can try. 
You can, can roll succeed. a hard 20. <laughs> so, so, so the, wow. snake, the snake immediately, afraid, hisses and rears back, uh, flaring up these spines of gold that are running down behind its head, almost like a cobra's hood, reels back and tries to escape. And as it does, Nell just grabs onto this snake's massive body. And this thing is easily, like, three feet around. So you, to the best of your ability, slam your sword down in its way and just grab onto the snake. And you are now holding the snake in place. <laughs> it's cornal all over again. Which means, Kanina, you still get your ALO. Mine. You still get to slap at it with your glaive, because you have 10 foot reach. Yes, I do. So you can swing from behind, though. So, and I got plus two, because I got my performance going. Uh, but two plus two, two is two. still, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately crap. 10, which so. is definitely not enough to uh, land a it's... solid strike on the snake. You reach out with your glaive, but not really expecting it to move how it did, as no... Desperately fights to hold it in place. Well, question you for don't you, hit because it frightened means that it tries to get away, but if it can't get away, it still attacks. It is I'm not preventing attack, it yes. from getting away. I just stopped it from moving once. Does it try to get away again, or does it just attack? Because it can still escape. You... Stand still, I'm pretty sure it means it can't move. Does it just lose, lose that move action, or can uh, it not move, period? I will double Re check. Regardless, as you pin it in place... Frightened or not, it's now cornered. It's going to turn around and go back to attacking you much more fervently than it did oh, previously yeah. because the snake is now also terrified of you. And this yeah, has gone from the rest of the turn. fight. I thought so. It's, it's gone from fighting for possibly its lunch to what it very truly believes is fighting for its life. And it's going to bring the uh, coils and the tail it had up behind it around and just try to swing at you with its backside. And it strikes at you with its tail, uh, almost kind of weakly, realistically. With a uh, minus just, two. Yeah, it just swings right over your head. You, you don't even have to block it. it. It swings right over, going completely wide. And then still panicked, it's going to bend down and try to snap at you again. And it has much more success with this, as it's not trying to grab a hold of you anymore. It's just trying to snap at you. So it quickly lashes forward, slams its jaws shut around you, and its long fangs pierce once again through your armor, dealing 12 damage, and I need another fortitude save. And that was against 24 AC, right? That was against 24, yes. That was your okay. that was full AC. Fortitude. And uh, once again, you feel this almost just cold water start to surge into you. It doesn't hurt. It just feels awkward. Again, while unsettling, doesn't feel like it really has any effect. Dara! How much damage? It was 12. Okay, so, um, Dara's just going to take, uh, the diagonal is also just five step, or five foot step, right? Uh, diagonal? yes. Okay. And then I'll just, uh, he's just gonna aim down and rapid shot towards the snake. And the outside of this thing being gigantic is you were able to just fire wildly into it. Yeah, and then it's at minus two because it's so far away. But uh, I have the high ground. What is the range increment on your crossbow? Probably uh, 80. Because I feel like it's 60 or higher. I don't think you have a distance penalty here. 
I don't oh, know okay. it off the top of my head, but it's pretty long on bows and crossbows. Stuff's got to be pretty far away for you to start taking a distance penalty. I think for light, it's 80. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, 80 is 80. Since it is also much larger than Nell and Kahina, even if it's, as it's fighting them there in between you and it, plus the high ground, you don't have any cover bonus or anything either, so you're just taking a full regular rapid shot into this thing. Okay, so rapid shot, and then uh, the high ground, there's no plus something uh, Plus or one, actually. Plus one. And then keep you, you have the buffs from Kahina's song as well. And haste. And haste. And haste. So you have plus one from high ground, plus one from haste, plus two from Kahina, and an extra attack. So... Make three attacks at plus four. Okay. okay we're gonna do that. Here's the first one. Alright, well we're not starting strong, because that's a hard one, but <laughs> we'll just go ahead and say that's the haste attack, and that's a watch, and I get you two normal shots. So okay. the, uh, the first shot immediately uh, goes wide. And then you land the second bolt into the snake's hide. And the third. Uh. Connects as well. From this angle up here, you're pretty much just dropping crossbow bolts into the snake. And you're able to strike it twice fairly easily. Uh, so give me damage twice, and you have plus two on your damage from Kahina's performance. Okay. 15 damage. On bolt one. And 14 damage on <laughs> bolt two, an eight and a seven on D8s. Wow, okay. So you just instantly drop 29 damage as these bolts not only connect with the snake, but one of them chips and lodges itself, uh, poking out almost through the backside of the snake. Not able to penetrate all the way through, but doing a fierce amount of damage. Uh, that's the thing's hard, scaly hide is kind of working against it, letting the bolts even lodge in harder than they would if it was a softer target. Baylor. What type of knowledge would this particular snake be? This boy right here is a magical beast, so that's nature. I think that's Arcana. Arcana? I always forget magical beast, because it's magical, but it's also a beast. I think it is Arcana. I think it's Arcana, so take a look here. So with a uh, with a 26, you do not recognize this particular form of snake at all. It's incredibly interesting to you that it seems to understand language. That the reactions it's had to Nell and Kahina so far go far beyond animal instinct. The thing is clearly intelligent, but you don't know exactly what it is. The gold patterns on the scaling running down its back and the golden spines alongside the back of its head don't actually look like its regular scales. They look like actual gold ore, not a biological part of the creature itself. And you're unsure how exactly that could have happened, but you feel like this creature before you, whatever it is, is not a natural being. Alright, I am going to use my trait to let me roll twice and take the better results. And okay. I'm going to shoot a splintered spear at it. It's spear time, my boys. Do you have precise shot? I do have precise shot now. Aha! Level 5 wizard things. <laughs> now we're precise shooting. So... So you blast a splintered spear. That didn't happen. 
You see two possible outcomes. In the first one, you do not hit the snake. How about the second one? In the second one, you very much do hit the snake. And your splintered spear spreads itself and lodges, penetrating through this thing's scales in multiple places and causing it to start bleeding. So give me that damage. A 22 will do it. And point blank and sermon. Ends with 10 more damage and it's bleeding for how much now? One. Oh, it's just one. Okay, I didn't know if that Goes up next level. Oh, okay. So at this point, with the two crossbow bolts studded into it from above and the splintered spear lodged into the upper half of its admittedly long body, it's blood running out almost like water. Like, it's so thin, it doesn't even look like blood. This creature is reeling in pain. And now it's just lashing out near blindly at whoever's in front of it. Now... So, my AC is now 27, fighting defensively. Okay. Tiny buff on tiny buff. Yeah, stack up all your little buffs, get an AC, it's pretty respectable, little bud. And He's I... been biting it pretty consistently, so buffing that up's not a bad idea. Leave this. Oh, I have to... there we go. So this is at a plus two from the sermon? The, yes. the bardic performance? Plus two for the bardic performance, yes. Because that scaled up. Alright, with a four okay. on the die and a nine, you're again, of course, you're more prioritized with keeping your shield up now and trying to keep a defensive posture, stopping the snake from snapping at you again. Because it is quite large and it kind of hurts when it bites you. But you're unable to mount any sort of an offense of your own. I'm assuming you're not going to go anywhere, that's just your turn. Nope, I'm the wall. Dana. Kahina! Kahina! Oh. Gonna do that hot heel on the. <laughs> Just repair our, the wall. Repair the wall. <laughs> well, we've, got a, we've got a pretty good system going That's all here. I do. Repair the wall. Keep singing. Repair the wall. Where you just stand behind the Nell. Nell gets hit in the face. You heal Nell. It's, it's, it's working for you so far. It's going fantastically. <laughs> Occasionally poke with the glaive. Occasionally. Poke sometimes if it tries so, to move. Yeah, so because I don't move, do I get to take another... Can take another action? You didn't get the haste up. You were too far away to get the haste up. Oh, okay. So you only have the, you only have the one. Uh, also you with could move spell, if you wanted. Yeah, you could no, move, but fine. you couldn't like, do anything. Uh, Inori. Okay. Time for me to do some Magus things. I like Magus things. Nori's and that gonna charge in and all me. Pretty much. I'm, I'm gonna do what I do. Uh, so we could probably take this ninja man off just for the, you know, I'm gonna be invisible until I get there. I'm gonna move up to him and on the way. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for, okay, I'm trying to factor in all the buffs here. Free action, I'm going to well, and Ciaran's gonna imbue himself with some some energy for me. It's kind of his 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 gimmick. Yeah, so Ciaran ignites and the black blade starts to glow with a, almost a, just a dull shimmer more than a proper glow. Invisibly. Invisibly, but <laughs> you're coming out of that. So I mean, it's gonna come out with a shimmer. Shut up! Don't make fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I'm going to spell strike. 
uh, Chill Touch. So, Kahin is a plus two, plus one with the haste, so that's three to hit, right? Yes, you got a bonus three on your head. It's another two for being invisible, isn't it? Uh, does invisible give you two, or does it just mean you're flat-footed? Well, you're flat -footed is invisible the oh, same as two, vanish? Right? It's flat-footed, and you also have the plus two on it. So you cast this chill touch into your sword. And as you appear from the shadows swinging, ice and frost runs down the blade, leaving an arc in the air as you swing. But I I know you're on his flat-footed. I just roll it. We'll see if a plus two matters. If it's relevant, we can find out. All right. The goal is to look up as many roll or as few rolls as possible. Well, you rolled a 19 on the die and a crit threaten, so <sighs> now his math is going to be the plus crazy. two definitely doesn't matter. That is the most irrelevant hypothetical plus two I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm not going to worry about it unless it's a problem. So whether or not you get a flat plus two for being invisible, you definitely hit this man, and you possibly, well, snake, not really a man, you possibly crit this snake. With a 22, you pierce deep, and you very much crit this snake. <laughs> oh, boy. And as Inori rushes down hasted and flashes out from the shadows, what do you do? Oh, good. I don't even have to roll the damage, because the math would have been, like, calculus. There's, yeah, I'm going to save you the trouble. There is no conceivable way you do not kill this snake with that <laughs> chill-touch critical hit. He's, he's that, definitely that's 8d6 dead. or whatever. Yeah, there's no way he survives that, so I'll save you the math. And, and the plus two for me. I don't know if that scales, too. but Tell me what you do. Okay, so no one sees her coming because she's invisible. She pops out. The sword's blowing, glowing black and has blue around. It's all crazy. Look at Nori's eyes. Her hair's levitating. It looks nuts. She jumps out in towards the snake and just lunges directly into him, like just stabs him and just hangs on him and just kind of drags the sword down. Oh. She jumps back off onto land as the snake dies behind her very weeb mode. Flip. And the, uh, <laughs> the severed body of the snake just collapses back down into the creek. And Inori! Once I again! Know, I don't know how you keep doing this! Once again, steps up, attacks exactly one time, and slays the beast. The snake I'm... falls down into the river very much lifeless with two bolts, some open wounds for the spear, and then just massive rending tear from CRN. I'm going to pull the body out because we're going to make a trophy out of the head. <laughs> of course you are. It's well, a golden-scaled uh, snake. We'll have yeah, Baylor look really at it for that first. Because like... if we can use this gold, if this is actually just gold that's attached to his the snake like it's rubbed up against it if we could take the gold off it and use it to like help further the town we should do that can, can we check the acolyte first yeah we need to see if the acolyte's <laughs> still alive well i'm gonna reach down there and grab pull him out of the water and stuff and then turn around and be like we need to see if we can find the other acolyte you and or you might want to finish cutting the snake open to see to see if the acolyte's still in there. As you pull the form of this soaked, uh, wa the water and blood-soaked robe from the creek and up onto the shore, the current stops floating the robe around the body 
and it starts to drift down over what is definitely not even the entirety of a person anymore. This snake seems to shy away from swallowing victims whole. That or something else had gotten to this man previously is... He's about half the man he once was. I didn't catch that. Yeah, you just that? asked me if you wanted you wanted to make a heel check to see if a guy who's missing from no, the if, if the snake alive. killed it. Oh, that, I mean that. Yeah, you could you could try to heel check that. I was like, please tell me I'm trying to heel check to see if a guy <laughs> no. who is just a torso is still alive. All right, with a uh, with a nineteen on that heel check, it's difficult to tell. Uh, something very bitey killed him. If it wasn't this snake, it was some other large animal, but it's not the first you've run into up in Marat, seeing as you fought a manticore just a few weeks prior. But this man is unfortunately very much dead. He looks like he was fairly young, about the general age of Nell or Nori, probably in his early 20s, just making the pilgrimage down here to join the Church of Abadar proper. And it's a safe assumption this snake probably got to him. But he is very much not alive anymore. Mm-hmm. And as these sounds of battle here fall silent, you hear a voice from about probably 100 feet up north, very, very weakly, just call out, Help! Did you hear that? Yeah. I heard a voice. Hopefully it's the other... Uh, acolyte. Uh, 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 Kane uh, is gonna reach out, smack her hand down on, uh, oh, Nell's got a, Nell's got a, uh, lantern. That's fine. She's just gonna just grab the edge of her glaive and make her glaive light up and use it as a, as her own torch. Cast light on it to try and go find where this other, uh, noise is coming from. And so you hold the glowing glaive up a uh, kind of forward and out ahead of you, lighting the way, trying to find wherever this voice came from. And uh, it calls out again uh, a few times, still very much weakly. You make your way about 100 feet up the creek to where the escarpment gets a bit deeper, uh, beyond the confines of where the easily carved edges of the canyon had been almost turned into a set of oversized stairs by the gold strip mine that it used to be and back into a much more natural thick canyon they go from being easily climbable to being just large walls of dirt and stone and nestled among them is a fairly small cave uh, only a few feet deep but huddled inside wounded and visibly weakened is another man also wearing the white and gold robes of Avatar. Um, Kahina will very quickly just hands and knees it, get over there and be like, it's okay. We, the snake is dead. We've, we've got you. And then she'll roll, roll a uh, cure. She'll do a cure moderate wounds on him in order to and look over him and see how wounded he is. Okay, I want to make sure that this man is okay. You look him over and go ahead and just roll me your, your cure moderate. He does look like he's about half dead. Based on the massive bite marks 
two huge punctures that go deep several inches into his chest and just the ridges of tiny marks on the other side. He was clearly bitten by this massive snake, but I guess managed to get away while well, he's busy eating the other acolyte. So give me that pure moderate. Plus five. And you heal him for 12 with that quick burst of magic, at least restoring some of him. But he still seems very weak. Uh, with that, most of his physical wounds disappear, and he's left with just minor scrapes, and it's still a little bit injured, but nothing that won't heal on its own in a day or two. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't seem to have recovered much. Okay. And as he, he looks up, as some of his strength seems to return to him as he casts the spell. So, so Abad, uh, thank you. I, I don't know who or what God sent you here, but thank you. Uh, you're still muted. Yeah, you muted yourself when you were coughing. Sorry. Can you walk with my help uh, or stay here? I'll be right back. And then Kahina just... would just turn around. He and just kind of nods, like... still not really moving much. Mm-hmm. Now, Baylor, Dara... He's alive. Come help me move him. I don't know that he could walk. So the rest of you, as you were looking at the the snake or the, the other body as she went to go investigate that, did anybody go with her or did you actually just let her walk over there by herself? I was still actively pulling the snake out of the river. So. I, okay, so I have a glaive. Is, I, don't need them. I don't need them. Occupied by the snake extraction es- uh, effort here. The body does uh, though it doesn't have well like half of the body uh, of the person that is it does still have whatever its weapon was there is a shining bladed circle uh, sheathed onto a bandolier across her chest and it appears to be a an excellently made chakram and the bandolier itself is a really honestly fine example of tall the mother working leather scabbard almost with a grinning wolf face that loops around most of the chakram to keep it in place but other than that he didn't see she didn't seem to have had much with her or what she had was lost with the lower half of her body (laughs) the snake meanwhile in that couple of minutes is not really that heavy all things considered and uh it's fairly large probably about a dozen feet long a couple feet around with Nell alone and some effort or anyone else's help, you could easily start to lug it out of the creek and up onto the bed. <laughs> we drug a manticore. We could drag a snake yeah, back to town. The, yeah, you dragged a manticore through what was like an hour horse ride <laughs> through a forest. Think he, about how many pairs of shoes, belts, and purses Kahina can make out of that snake. At least several. But as she calls out that this uh, man is alive, what are the rest of you guys going to do? Uh, after hearing that, I'll drop the half of the three quarters of the snake we have out, and I'll head over to see if I can carry him back. He's in no danger of washing away down the creek or anything. You've got most of it out of the water by this point. Uh, everyone going with him, or some of you want to stay here with the snake and the body? Um, I'll go with him. I'll stay back at the snake, looking it over. So Baylor, still interested in whatever this creature is, is going to stay back and look around. I don't know if Anori, are you coming? Uh, I'm going to hang with the snake, too. Enjoy my handiwork. The rest of the party 
Alright, Nell and Dara head up with Kahina to check out this wounded acolyte. And you find the same situation she did. Uh, healed now. He looks visibly, physically better. But still weak, and he still hasn't really moved. I fear that whatever the whatever venom the snake has is beyond what I can heal. We need to uh, get him back to Lothidar or to somebody who can uh, cure, uh, figure out what venom and poison he has. And the man nods, no longer looking like he's visibly in pain, just weak. He says, yes, I, I need to go to the temple. They'll know what to do. Please. Well, I, I will pick him up and carry him then. And he's, at this point, pretty light. Uh, the man seems like he has been here for the better part of a day, seeing as he came through the previous morning. And he's spent probably about all of that in this cave, very wet, and not getting warm enough for it to actually properly dry off. You pick him up fairly easily. He doesn't resist. He, he barely even moves, uh, almost like just a limp noodle. And you pull him out of the cave. We apologize that we did not make it in time to save your friend. We came as fast as we could once we found out that you had uh, from the uh, archbanker that you had come down here for uh, for your pilgrimage. Lady Peril sent you. Truly, she did. Providence has smiled upon me this day. We will mourn for Jody, of course, but there would have been two lives lost here were it not for you. We will make sure that her body also gets returned with you to the temple so that they can perform their rites. Please. We will thank you. So I guess our watches over us all, truly. And with that, T seems to uh, reserve his strength and just goes mm-hmm. quiet, just barely conscious in Nell's arms. Okay. We brought we brought horses, but we don't have a wagon. You can prop him up on a horse. He's not yeah, like just... incapable of okay. movement. Like you can. You can prop him up on one of your horses with you and okay. ride him back into town or back to the okay. Betany Estate or whatever, wherever yeah. it is that you want to take him. Betany Estate's closer. He's we not can take literally him. unconscious. He's not dead. <laughs> so you can bring right. him. So does Squid sound muffled for anyone else? Yeah, you're a little soft and Is that better? Is it the same? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you're good. Yeah. Okay. Much I better. I think it's because this cord doesn't sit very snugly in the bottom of the microphone, so if it gets mm-hmm. like touched, it wiggles out a little bit. Yeah. So I suppose after putting... The man on a horse with someone else so that he doesn't fall. I could stay um, I'll go back down. I guess the best way to handle the body would be to wrap it in its own robes and transport Definitely it. Definitely going to be the easiest way with what you have to get it out of the canyon is just to bring it up. And while it is a half-eaten body that's still, of course, any of you without, like, this isn't going to take a knowledge religion or anything to know that... The church will appreciate you bringing its dead acolytes mm-hmm. back to it mm-hmm. in whatever state you can. Well, I'm sure there's sheets and stuff at the Betting Estate that we can wrap 
like wrap her in and stuff yeah. just for the sake of getting the body out oh. of the valley we have to wrap it in its own robes right just to carry it up the escarpment and get it back to your estate mm-hmm. so they were saying something but what about the like physical composition of the snake now that yeah. i can examine it so then you can look this thing over and you have the opportunity while they're dealing with the bodies and you being your wizard you're still very much more interested in the actual snake itself it's functionally just a really almost comedically oversized water snake uh like i said it's about 12 feet long and the scales of its uh front and sides and most of its back look almost just like smooth flat river stones but it has in the tips of its tail and on the top of its head and along the sides of its head these golden flecks and spines that just appear to be actual gold ore biologically beyond that it pretty much seems like it's mostly again just a scaled up oversized snake but these pieces of gold are attached to it though they were not grown they're not something that it'd be possible for the thing to biologically grow it's not like it found a gold vein and rolled around and got them stuck on it they are as much a part of the creature as its own scales this had almost certainly with your 26 knowledge from earlier had to have been the result of some kind of alchemical experiment or magical spell well possibly gone wrong or possibly this is exactly what they wanted but this was clearly created by magic has Bartleby been messing around with stuff beyond his control and then like flushing his stuff down the toilet and it just ends up in the water it's like like when you flush a goldfish you flush the snake and it ended up in the stream it just gets way bigger than you thought it was going to Mm -hmm. it was a cute pet and then it got really big we had to go take it and release it into the wild regardless of this thing's original origins whatever created this creature in the first place it is enough snake that it does appear to be capable of reproduction so you're not sure if this is the direct result of an experiment or some sort of magical mishap or possibly the descendant of such an event generations ago the thing looks like it could reproduce you don't know if it would produce more of these or just regular snakes that would also imply there'd have to be two of them I'd say oh. that means there could possibly be more. That's no bueno. Does it, does it detect as any kind of magical signatures? Uh, it, it is not inherently magical, no. Well, I suppose if we're done messing with the gold-scaled snake, I'm going to drag it out by its head. Alright, and I think it's really, like, it's really light for how big it is. Because it yeah, only weighs it about... The cliffside's gonna yeah, be it pain. only weighs about 250 pounds. It is extremely light for how big it is. I don't... Like, that should weigh I, a lot more for having yeah, solid Yeah, I, I don't gold know if that's, if that's a typo or if the thing's full of helium. <laughs> it, it, because... it, it, well, it, it has to be light to be able to swim well. That's true. Well, a actually, fully grown is, is gold it... pebble is about 12 feet long and weighs 250 pounds. Okay. Now that makes sense, actually. As the book says. So, so basically so... just the gold and the weight. <laughs> yeah, it's like the icon is much larger than the actual snake is. Because yeah, it's, I mean, it's, like it's a large, snake. It's, long, it's, not it's, large, large. It's like just barely a large 
sized yeah. creature, just barely. And it's at some just point, barely able to eat your contractors. Yeah. Yeah, so exactly. we're going to take that back to town with us, whether I have to drag it or put it on a horse. Drag it behind a horse. Drag it behind a horse. Well, no, I don't want to mess up the uh, the leather. <laughs> this is true. You don't want to mess up the scales. Still, there's something very uh, scary about a gold-plated snake just roaming around out yeah. here. Well, we're not going to find the answers tonight. No. I wonder if maybe our uh, friends at the estate might know anything about the, the large snake. The Domovoy would know because they knew about the pup house. Maybe they know about the snake. Could well, hurt the, group to ask. You, the group of you we, could get... Probably not a bad idea to take this almost I, into the center of the town and show everybody, like, look what we did for you! Yes, but we might want to take the gold off at first. Us in the middle of the night. Yes, yeah. I will do that in the morning for now. We'll take it back to the estate. Yeah. Take our friend back and let him sleep in a real bed and see if he can eat some food and try to get some of his strength back. Because if we have to take him all the way back to Lothidar, that's a that's a long trip. So the group of you with your horses can easily get the uh, still living acolyte, the body of the other, and the snake back to the Bentley estate. Because again, the Bentley estate's really not very far from the canyon. You're pretty close. Uh, the thing, if you want to drag it in the door, is <laughs> not so big as to prevent you from bringing it into the mansion proper. No, we're not taking that in the mansion. Come yeah. on. Well, I don't want to take it inside, but I don't want to leave it outside where something can just start chewing on it. Can't we just... Is there you know, any... Do you have something magical that you can put to protect it, Baylor, for the night? Maybe a canopy or something? I don't know. Well, it's wouldn't already... there be like a shed or an outbuilding of some sort? Uh, the Benny Estate itself would have a carriage house. That'll work. Put it in there. I just want to put it somewhere where wild creatures can't just come up to it. And More people come and start taking the gold off of it. Yeah, it's got I a can... carriage house and a stable, so you could definitely put this giant dead snake in the carriage house. I, slash yeah, the yeah carriage but what about the poor, the poor horses may be scared by a giant carriage dead house. Snake. Carriage house isn't necessarily the same as a stable, though. Stable. Oh, I thought he what, said stable. Like a carriage house attached to a stable. Stable. So a carriage, carriage house. house is just like a, it's literally it's a garage. Carriage. It's a garage. It's literally yeah. a garage to park the carriage. Yep. Well, let's park our dead golden snake in the garage then, fellas. <laughs> Where else would you keep it? It's true. In the pantry. By the way, those for for those wondering at home. Oh, okay. It was only going to be thirty-three. You, did you figure out your uh, you figured out your crit damage? That's what it would have been. <laughs> have you been doing yeah. the math this whole time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Try, trying to figure out exactly what it was you would do when you but the funny it. thing is is as he rolled that and you said that I looked at Ryan's camera he was double checking <laughs> <laughs> he's probably checking his on eyes, that his eyes squinted he was like what What spell did you use <laughs> okay chill touch I thought you All did right. frigid no 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 No, frigid would be way worse you. than that yeah, I, I, I was thinking frigid touch, which no. was a 46. Not chill touch. It was, it was go mode. No, I didn't want to end the universe. I just wanted to kill a snake. <laughs> you wanted to make him cold. So you the wanted rest to of, end that snake's universe. <laughs> you guys bring... Uh, you're bringing the acolyte... I guess mm -hmm. both of the acolytes inside the estate with you. Uh, right. You have guest bedrooms here. It is large enough. I mean, well, it is an estate. It's not really meant to house five people normally. But 
Denari sleeps on the couch like a goblin. Yeah. And... You know, I, I was going to change that. Now, you know, I, I think I need a little bit of privacy. He could have the couch. I want one of these rooms. Well, let's look at what we got here, because the estate is a decent size. Uh, you have several places you could take. There are a lot of spare rooms, and like, feel free to draw on this map and write things out as you will. But as it stands in its current state, uh, as you take the manor, it's got three bedrooms clustered together up on the second floor in the mm -hmm. southeast corner with four beds, one of which is the large master. But there are plenty of other rooms that could be converted into other bed chambers, like this office over here. You just need to get beds. But as it stands, there's already well. If you're if you want a bed, there's it's bed sharing time because there were four beds and you slept on the couch. So <laughs> someone's gonna Kahina, get real. Kahina can get real share snuggly. with Dara. Dara wouldn't mind. They had to do it at back at the uh, at the Palace of Birdsong. Yeah, you got to keep up your impressions. Oh, that's there. fine. You got to keep up appearances. Yeah, you're definitely married and whatnot. Dara's like, I'm all right with it. No, no big deal. Dara's like, that's fine. I'm going to allow this. And I guess continuing to add to your pile of trophies. Well, here is a gold pebble. which I'm, Well, currently it is an entire gold pebble, so it is quite large. I'm getting out of the basement. Well, I was going to say, once we bring him in and get him settled, Kahina would probably go downstairs and want to talk to the Domovoy. If they yeah. are about, if they will talk to her. They spend oh, the vast back to the basement. majority of the time in their mm -hmm. little cavern in your basement. So if you go down there, you can generally find them. Okay. So Kahina would, uh, she probably bought a bunch of like um, uh, sugary treats and stuff too when she was at uh, Dame Crabs. So she probably brought some for them. You did. You did mention That's that. Well. So as you come down to yeah. that cave... You make your way down to the well. little hidden crevasse in your basement off the wine cellar. Uh, and you, at first glance, it appears to be empty. But after you look around for a moment, the three Dumbafoy shimmer into existence and appear before you. My friends, we, we have returned. We brought you some presents. And then she would hand oh. over the... Speaking of, how did the, I mean, well, I guess it's night. We can't see that much, but does the outside of the house yeah. look like it's improved? Yeah, the outside of the house is, is definitely improving. I think I mentioned right. that when you got back here. Uh, oh, no, you sprinted right past the bed. Yeah, we, so yeah, we, we, we went right past the estate. We didn't here. stop. The Bettany estate does look like it is improving. Uh, it's all of the weathering and damage on the outside is still there, but the vast majority of just the weeds and vines mm -hmm. that have grown over everything are at this point gone uh, they've been removed but as you put out these treats the three little domovoy just waddle forward uh their leader blunk of course grabbing first and just digging his hands into this pile of whatever it is you gave him and just stuffing fistfuls into his mouth i i just see these little guys with like these giant macaroons like the size of their head just like yeah, eating I mean, like these, hamburgers these dudes are like a foot and a half tall they're real small so yeah they're just picking up <laughs> head-sized macaroons and just <laughs> slamming them into their mouth until they're gone they're very excited by these tiny little treats and the uh, outside Blanc of the house is looking wonderful thank you so very much mm. we uh work them on plants 
vines and weeds and mostly goth. We appreciate it. Stuff his face. We wanted to ask you, or we wanted to tell you one. Uh, first off, we have a we have a guest tonight. We went to the uh, to where the bridge is washed out, and there was a giant snake, um, and he had hurt some people. So we have a guest resting upstairs, healing. We are going to take him back to town tomorrow, but we wanted you to know that there's another guest that is not. Uh, someone you have met before in the house. Mm. Alice girl um, had many guests, many noble um, visitors. Used to it. This one is a very injured uh, acolyte of Abadar. So he is very, he seems to have taken a lot of uh, poison or venom from this giant snake. And the three Domovoi all just kind of look at each other for a second and stop eating their food and just grumble amongst themselves like they do almost without actually any words just a cacophony of little grunts and grumbles their own dumb little dumb boy language he turns back around Abadar bad god bad god why why say bad god God. drives nobles this is true. Unfortunately, money does seem to drive them. Abadar only um, coins. Coins not important. Life um, important. Abadar bad god. I think there... You may have gotten not a full impression of Abadar. You see, you've seen because you're way taller than him. (laughs) (laughs) Waddles up. Kahina always sits down when she she sits down on their level. I believe you've seen the side of Abadar that the nobles care about. There is somewhat more to him. Never met him, God. Well, if you have. But if um, you two trust him, we um, abide. He'd be far too weak to do anything anyway. We're going to have to take him back to Lothidar to be healed. Do you know anything you knew about uh, uh, the one living in the pump house? Did you hear anything about giant gold snake in the river? Mm. No, um, snakes. We Domovoy don't um, believe house. No town woes. Well, we thought we would ask. Well, I hope you enjoy your treats, and I believe Nell has some cranberry wine for you as well. And they'll just nod and <laughs> oh, jabber yeah. there excitedly again, as they are huge fans of alcohol. <laughs> and with that, do you have anything else you wanted to ask these little nuggets before you head off? Is there anything that you need us to bring for you to do more work if you need something that's non-magical to work on the house. Mm. Supplies or anything. 
We can clear them, plants, patch them, holes, but can't make new fences. Need them posts and stone. Okay. Would you rather us have the townsfolk do the fences or just bring you the supplies? Looks like he's thinking about it really hard. Not saying anything at first, but just like looking around. I think he's physically moving the idea back and forth in his head. <laughs> Bring him rocks. Bring him much rocks and boards and what we am build. Okay. We will do so. They're working on the roads now to make them a little easier. But when they start mending the fences and everything in town, we will make sure that they bring supplies out here to make this one as well. And he just nods. So you're going to need around 500 gold of supplies from the fully fix up the mansion. It's going to be a lot less than if you were paying a construction crew to do it yourself, which would take probably double that and at the rate that they're going unless you had them just focusing straight on it they're going to be getting it done a lot faster but not having to pay for labor and the little bit of extra edge they have from their minor magics means they can do it for about probably half the cost to get everything up because they do still need raw materials they can't mm -hmm. just create stone and bricks how much gold can we pull off the snake <laughs> Well, so not enough to build a wall out of. Now that you have a night to just kind of look over your snake friend here and figure out about what you can do, he's got a decent chunk of uh, gold attached around his head and the spine. So roll me in a praise check and see what we can what we can pull out of him. <laughs> uh, with a nine, not a whole lot. Raw gold is not exactly what nobles trade in. You're unsure. With a fifteen, you'd probably get about. 50 gold worth of just raw usable ore off of this snake. It doesn't take much to add up to a decent amount of money. And how much could we get if we wanted to leave the gold on the head so that we can mount it? You're going to lose probably about half of that, so like 25 gold. Because mm. it is largely on the head. I mean, I would propose that because I want to keep the head looking the way it is. If we had a, a tavern with uh, heads of mighty beasts that we've slain, this it is would make a fairly cool tavern. Be more of an attraction. Mm hmm. I think we could go with half. Like, keep the head to mount, and then if we can get um, a tanner or somebody to uh, pull the skin, maybe we could. We could sell the scales and the skin to, uh, for uh, armor crafting. If or for leather working. If we're going to have the head mounted, can I propose something else for what's on the tail? Sure. Mm -hmm. Since it is a holy site anyway, I'd like to at some point make some sort of small shrine to Abadar over by the bridge. Maybe if we keep some of the, the gold, the snake with the gold on it, 
incorporate that somehow. As it is not as much gold as I had thought it would be, I am not opposed. I'm not either. Most of it is, it's very thin surface level bits of gold. Uh, Almost as if there's gold set on top of, or literally, like there's gold on top of actual scales. So it's not like there's entire usable chunks of raw gold ore sticking out of this thing. Yeah. That would work for me. Yeah. We could draw up a proposal for that and um, when we take the we take the um, acolyte and the body back, tell her our plans. Tell the archbanker our plans for everything. Yeah. I think she'd appreciate the pilgrims actually having something to visit rather than just the gorge itself. Mm-hmm. And since the gold came from the gorge, or maybe possibly came who knows? Still gold. <laughs> How much so, does it cost to taxidermy a creature? Um, uh, do you want to taxidermy the snake's head? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's Probably in the grand scheme of things, not terribly difficult because a snake's head is a pretty simple shape and it's not as complex to gut out and stuff, but it's just fairly large. So I'd say like a couple gold. Probably, okay. Let's say five gold. We'd have to take it to back to Lothadar. Well, that's fine because we have to take it. We have to go YouTube. back anyway. There's at least one taxidermist in Lothidar because he stuffed Iron Lash's head, so... Yep. That'd be funny to take this back. So you did our... You did our uh, manacore. You mind? This is going to become Taldor's most popular taxidermist. (laughs) After you get all these insane exotic monsters. (laughs) That's what you got to tell him is once we get the... uh, We get all these exotic monsters stuffed and put up in in in, in the tavern... And be Speaking like, tell him we'll <laughs> tell him if he get, if he stuffs stuff for half, we'll give him a a rousing Don't try endorsement. Don't to pay him in exposure dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? So, Why so the not? group of you, uh, with that, plans for the snake to be had. I believe that's everything you need for going to sleep. There's nothing else you want to handle that particular night. At this point, it's getting fairly late, and you have Baron Akira visiting within the coming days, so. You have that to prepare for. It means, unfortunately, you're going to find it difficult to head up to Lothidar here in the immediate future, seeing as not this coming morning, but the day after, Baron O'Kara was set to come visit and check out the progress and stockings. Mm-hmm. But you all go to sleep, and you wake up the following morning, ready for another glorious day of adventure. But, because sleeping is bad... Cornel knows. Cornel, tell him. Because sleeping's bad. Cornel's not here. He's kind of... Another universe. You the person are Cornel. Cornel, tell him. (laughs) You're Cornel now. Um, Nell, as you wake up in the morning, you feel a little strange. It's not fatigue, necessarily. It's, 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 it's almost difficult to describe. It's as if you you feel mostly okay. You don't feel tired. You don't feel fatigued. But as you go to, to get up and move around, just do things, you just feel like your body has less energy available. Not that you're 
directly any weaker. But just that every movement you make and, and everything you do feels like it just takes more exertion than it should. But passively, again, you don't feel directly tired or fatigued at all. And you are... This is this many. You are down one con. Whoa. Is that from the water poison? No, it's from. We don't. I think, no. I think he drank either too much or not enough last night. Mm-hmm. Not sure how it works with One that. con damage sounds like a pretty good hangover. I mean, you guys remember Skull and Jackals. The literally die from hangover with a friggin' grog that just makes you get more deader. In a I week. know I'm hoping to drop a con modifier tonight. <laughs> That's the plan. Fair. So, you wake up that uh, the next morning, and the acolyte on the couch doesn't really appear to be much better. He still seems just as weak and uh, has as much difficulty moving and doing anything as he did the previous day. Problem is. Again, Okara's visiting, so you can't... I mean, you guess you could. I'll just run out to Lothidar and just ditch him, but you literally don't have the time to run him out to Lothidar right now. Well, not uh, not all of us need to be here for that count. Or, uh, Okara. We could split, or we could go to town and see if there's anything even remotely that... Or we could send the Raven statue to the archbanker to let her know what has happened and maybe she will send someone to us maybe we could just explain that we worry that he can't make, make the, the trip tri- he won't make the trip that he's been poisoned or there's venom and we're afraid he'll die on the way there because <laughs> and that uh and if nell managed to tell the rest of us he's not feeling well i mean kahina was close enough to see him get bit i mean the so- last time he had a bad dream he told you guys. I'm sure yeah. he would complain about this. Yeah. So, no, you know, Kahina... No, not one to pass up complaining opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. So Kahina would have seen him get bit, like deep bit. So we could send something to the Archbanker, you know, and let the Archbanker know what has happened and ask if they can send uh, a disciple of Abadar or a priest I... of Abadar down to heal them. I feel yeah. like going there is probably the better option. Especially if, you know, we're worried about Nell and... I know traveling might be a risk here, but maybe we could take a look and see if this guy will make it. Did anyone roll an actual heal check on him? I didn't. No. I rolled a heal check on the dead body. Because my heal, <laughs> heal check is garbage. So I well, heal... Mine's worse than garbage. How about you, Dara? Do you have any kind of heal? I'll I do, actually. They're, they're army medic. You've seen some horrible wounds in your day. Maybe you could figure this out. I got a 15, a 15, and a 19. Is everyone just kind of looking? Nell and this guy over trying to... Oh, you, what are you appraising? No, that was from before. That yeah, was before. He's appraising the wound. He's appraising the snake. Well, we sold the last corpse to an Arkansas. <laughs> so you got a couple There's... of 19s and a 15. Dara and Baylor, with your 19s, you look over the Acolyte, who still wasn't talking much just because it seems to be a great effort for him to really do anything. But of course, he's polite as he can be and 
when talked to directly will respond, but other than that, doesn't really engage. Or start it's like talking to Sepsidia. Kind of, kind of, yeah. <laughs> That's okay. We have experience with this. this Do you have any ex-girlfriends man... who just? <laughs> <laughs> this man appears to be suffering from a poison. We there need to find something running through him that is just making him weaker. And after the encounter with a gigantic snake, who most definitely did have venom, he seems to be succumbing to the creature's poison. Now, what you can't tell is exactly what that entails or how actually deadly it may or may not be. But given the situation and your cursory look over uh, with your what medical knowledge you do have that's almost certainly the cause of his weakness and it's continuing even this long afterward and yeah. this is a full day later so it's not really normal we, and does anybody have any kind of see no none of us are actual I, clerics so it we have, all have of you cure that not what I said a, I meant potion it strikes all of you that it may not be a poison it might be some sort of disease the beast carried. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or, could be that too. possibly, as the thing was somewhat magical in origin, it could even be a curse. It could be anything. This is why we need to go and take him to these people. I'm just saying, if, if, if he's slowly dying of it, putting him on a horse and riding full gallop is going to make him worse. Well, faster. sitting here waiting for somebody to come is the same thing. We're not doing anything but watching him die. But they can they could travel faster than coming from there to here than we could from here to there with our wounded people. Bet, since it's a one-day trip, our best bet is for myself and someone else to go and take him and see if possibly the same thing is affecting me. That way, if... Baron Akara shows up before we're back tomorrow, there will at least be people here to receive him. Okay. Well, Dara and I should stay before you have to receive Baron Akara. Because I'm assuming if he's coming to town, he's going to stay at the estate, is he not? Uh, that would be, he's doing basically the same thing here with Dave Crab, yes. He would yeah. come over. And he's going to stay here, so we have to be here to, to serve right. him, and we don't have servants. <sighs> That means I'm probably should go with Nell in case he succumbs and you need somebody that can actually yeah. kill people. That'll be me. That that sounds good because uh, Okara really likes Baylor too. <laughs> so you do know that depending on when he decides to arrive, most of the nobles travel by carriage around here. Lothidar mm -hmm. is close enough that if he rode up there on a horse today stayed the night and rode back down on a horse tomorrow. If you left Lothidar on a horse the same time Baron O'Kara left Pensaris in a carriage, you would get back to Stockies before he arrived. That's kind of what I was going for, yeah. is to try and beat him back. So let's get moving then. Yeah. So who else heading up to Lothidar? Myself and just just you, right? Yeah, just Me. him and Anori. Well, we're taking the yeah, the, the dude obviously has the dude. Yeah. <laughs> and I uh, I will have found yeah, like some coming, yes. some of the uh, like a sheet or some sort of cloth or something and have wrapped the uh, the other acolyte up and tied yeah, it off well with string as, as and as stuff so that it 
she's, to make it look like covered. you're not transporting a torso. Yeah, so that it's not like gushing blood and attracting whatever monsters might be near the road on your way up there. At this point, it's been out and exposed enough that mm-hmm. like the gushing blood is long since over. Well, yeah, but she would have like wiped him down and wiped her down and everything and Clean, cleaned know, her up how you cleaned how her you up as much as she could and wrapped her up so that. And we have to take the snake's head with us. Oh, because you, yeah, you've got to go take it to drop it off to the taxidermist. You realize right. you could be, at any point be worthless in this journey, and I'll have to backpack you to make sure you don't <laughs> take die. Take an extra you want horse. Me to take a snake head with you? No, the take snake. An... The snake head would lay like would weigh like twenty pounds. It actually wouldn't be that. And hard. it would it like probably pounds. fit in a large saddlebag. Oh, you are a giant child! I swear. Let's just pack we it all. We have to get it done before it starts to rot. Yeah. All right, uh, little boy, let's pack it up and get going now. Like get, your, get your snake head now. Come a on. A body part still counts as an object after it's dead, right? Does that mean you can so, put yeah, it in my inventory? For, oh, for what yeah. purpose? No, I know exactly what purpose. For, for what purpose? Oh, no. Get a timelessness. What? Yes. We still have that. That is exactly what an ongoing of timelessness is for. Is that a kind of thing? The ongoing of timelessness that you received at the Exaltation Gala before the massacre. Does that work on organic beings? Uh-huh. That's what it's for, pretty much, yeah. Oh, yep. That you got for making the little museum so, curator's day by showing an interest at all. So do we even need a taxidermist? We just have to mount it ourselves, right? Just for an argument well, time was this. You still want to take the fleshy plates. Yeah, it, it, like, that'll preserve it, but you still want to do something yeah. more with you it. You probably get it done professionally. All right. Th- th- this ongoing... is like the equivalent of splashing some formaldehyde on it. It's gonna it's, preserve I mean, it, but really it's not gonna be nice. It's really good formaldehyde, but it's it's <laughs> okay. still every year that passes is a day. Well, I still think we shouldn't waste it because we're already going to Lothar. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, and you guys can take an extra horse with you to just items on. Later. Yeah. Like one of you, it. like one of you can ride with the sick person, and then Anori can like ride by herself and then you can take a third horse and just pull it with you and put the dead body and the snake head on it. Oh, I should be getting paid for this. <laughs> I love the time. Are you not? 20 minutes of finding I mean, a snake an hour trying to figure out what to do with its dead body. Okay. You guys <laughs> head perception. in there. We're going to head to town and let them know that the snake has been cleared Let's out. Let's go pack some horses now. All right. So the two of you <laughs> are making the ride from the Bentley estate down through Stockies and up the 22-mile journey. Uh, 22 from Stockies, so like 25-mile journey from the Bentley estate up to Lothanar. And you will arrive there in the mid-late afternoon. Would probably be around 4 or 5 p.m. Sun's definitely still up, but it's on its way out. And you two, both acolytes, and a decapitated snakehead. <laughs> Taking the tail, too. No, Just that would preserved. be... No, we we would unguent that because we do need right. to hold on to that. That would be what the unguent's for. So you're cutting off the head and also <laughs> cutting off the tail. So you just kind of have like a big noodly bit plus <laughs> the middle part of the well, snake. Well, no, I, I figured the That's tail the good part. Like, the head is going with us, and yeah, the, the rest of the body is staying, because we're going to use the body as part of the altar. Yeah, the skin. Okay. The altar? 
Oh, you you had stepped out of the room. We're gonna build a a, a little shrine to Lothidar using the rest Abadar. of the snake. Abadar, Abadar. no Lothidar, Abadar. <laughs> so, the, so that when the pilgrims come to worship, come to worship, they have something to they have a marker. Out of the snake that killed their people? No, it's got like, all the gold on it. Incorporate the gold. Gold from it. From yeah, how about we take the gold and get paid? How about because that? it's not, not worth much. It's, 25 oh. gold pieces. Okay, that's I missed that part. Okay. Yeah. It's that's, not. We, I've already nah, had this discussion you. on our Whatever. behalf because I thought we had more gold than that. We could use it towards the town. No, it's literally I mean, there's gold, literal gold, gold on the snake, and it's not worth anything. It's Come like on. this it's much. It's very little gold. It's like bits, like this much at a time. Yeah, it's, it's not like a gold of gold in the game. Yeah. Uh, and you know, for a split second, I felt bad about killing that thing. I don't anymore. Nah. It wasn't worth none. So yeah, it was we're a gonna. Gold-plated snake, so. It was a gold-plated snake. It wasn't even the real stuff, man. Not even fourteen k. It's disappointing. Yeah. So yeah. So you guys head on to Lothadar. Okay. So they'll head up to Lothadar. Meanwhile, the other three of you have a day in town. Yay! Uh, currently, you've got. The farms are progressing quite well. Uh, the construction crews are making their way down stockies, uh, working their way through. And there's a couple of farms that have already been expanded to double, in some cases nearly triple, the usable area they had previously. Stumps are being pulled. Boulders are being broken up. Uh, trees are being felled and moved. And it's just really optimizing how much room stockies actually has for growth and expansion. Did our and group from the Beggarwood who said they wanted to help come up and help? I believe you kind of gave them an open-ended, we might need you later, and then no one ever went down and talked to them again. So oh, okay. Well, how we, we told them if yeah, they, wanted, they wanted, wanted to work, then they could show up, and the workers would put them to work, and we'd right. pay them. But they would not have just stayed or come back randomly on their own. No, none of them. All right. We'll have to make a trip to the Beggarwood then at some point. I want to wait so, till uh, Bubo gets there for. I actually don't think there's anything major that's going to happen for any of you today. You are going to get the fairly rare opportunity to just have a day. Now, in Stockies, there's not much that goes into that. I mean, you have a Norris Tavern, but otherwise, it's just kind of maintaining your weapons and your armor, taking stock of what you have, making sure these uh, repairs and constructions are coming along well. And for the rest of you, well, you've got Lothidar. You too. It's a fairly small town, but I don't think the three of you that back in Saki did anything that you wanted to set well, out specifically. I am today. staying in the house and writing scrolls into my spellbook. Okay. What I feel like uh, uh, Kahina would do, and she would probably say something to Dara, is that we would need to go to town and find the architects and let them know that we've killed the snake, number one so that when it's time for them to go well, back out there, they can yeah, say Of course, it. you would definitely share the news of the snake yeah. being dead, and then this would be the point where you could drag it into the middle of town and be like, look, here's, well, most of a dead snake. And, uh... <laughs> well, we'd bring back the head later. The head as they were yeah, doing. Yeah, you, you can yeah. bring back that. But yeah, you can let everyone know that that's done. Uh, but these guys here currently have the farms and the roads and civic improvements they're right. going to be doing after so, which point I think so they're working they on done. stuff as we're in town right yeah they are they're currently doing things okay well they're working on what you assigned them to do yeah yes. kahina like kahina would just look at dar and she's like we should make a good impression 
we should help. Yeah, Dar's no stranger to hard work, so... Yeah, no, that Kahina just totally roll up her sleeves. And she would have used her, like, uh, her uh, sleeves of many garments to have, like, working-type clothes on. Just, like... And it's her 500 gold super magical outfit to yep. look like she has the regular. Like, All right, let's let's do this. And she would start lugging garments. stones and, and pulling yeah, it weeds. Is, it is unskilled work. Uh, it's definitely something that you can help out with. That's mm-hmm. not something that's going to take any any particular knowledge. And as the town is starting to come around to you, as this is improving the various locals' farms, they are also, of course, out there helping. And between the things you've done, getting these crews in here, this, getting the mill repaired, now participating, and, uh, what's your name? What's the honorary tribune's name? I forgot her name. Piscum. Piscum. There's so many names. And, uh, Piscum singing your praises. The locals are actually entirely happy to show you how to do this. At this point, in the span of a week and a half, two weeks... You've gone from rolled eyes and averted gazes to being welcomed by the commoners of Stachys as somebody who is actually changing things and caring about them at all. So are we liked enough that during our day today, Dara and I could go ask about getting one of the skiffs to borrow one of them to go and clear the, uh, the pump house? Absolutely. They will absolutely lend you one of the swamp barges. If you want to use it to make your way out to the pump house and try to get that operational again. <laughs> now, meanwhile, on the other side of Marat, much further up to the north, Nell and Inori would arrive in Lothi- arrive in Lothidar. And I'm assuming, I'm going to take the liberty of assuming that you, you guys are heading tra- directly to the Temple of Abadar. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. And not going around and doing anything else while you have an actual dead body and <laughs> what is rapidly becoming possibly a dead body that you were trying to get. As you enter the church, each of you, uh, I would imagine Nell just actually carrying the dead acolyte and you, Inori, helping the living acolyte just stumble along into the church doors. The clerics there would recognize them immediately and drop what they were doing to rush over and help you get them into the chapel. The one who comes to Nell realize very quickly <laughs> that you have not only a no longer living acolyte, but also Well, at only this point, it would be one. like wrapped up in cloth. It wouldn't just be a but bundle when, of... Right, throat. but they're going to come try to help you carry yeah. it and realize it's a lot smaller than it probably should be. Yeah. Uh, but we'll realize what it is one way or another as soon as they start trying to help. And though their expressions would darken, they're, you know, clerics of the temple. They are no stranger to corpses and no stranger to making sure their own get their rights. So they would take the body off you. Thank you profusely for delivering it and take it into the chapel proper. Another group of them would take the living acolyte into the back to see what they can do to help him back to uh, Archbanker Perel. Finally, one of the clerics left there would turn and uh, bow to both of you, and uh, after singing your praises and thanking you, would request, please, uh, if 
the pair of you could stay a moment, I am sure that the Archbanker would like to thank you personally. I understand that she had requested of you before to look into this matter, but we had hoped against hope it would not have ended like this. Still, you have done us a great service by returning two of our acolytes. One even still breathing, which is more than many of us had truly expected. Thank you. Abadar thanks you. And we, as his people, thank you as well. Please, if there's anything we can do for you. We are happy to have been able to have saved at least one of them. Whatever has befallen him, though, whether it be poison or sickness, that snake may have done the same to me. We and don't know. You can hear magic in the distance as the Archbanker is doing her thing. It's not a terribly large temple here in Lothidar. But he nods and says, of course, of course. You fought this creature. The, the Archbanker does not share all personnel matters with us. She oversees these things very personally. So I, I only know the barest details, uh, the clerical sorts of her request. You have faced much more strife than even I imagined. But of course, this... Are you injured, or is it simply this affliction? The affliction, is, as far as I can tell. Uh, I currently have no wounds, no harm to me, but it's done something. It's hard to explain. Very well. Uh, if you will please join me then, I will take you back to the lady. Uh, as soon as she is done tending to our acolyte, I am sure she will be more than happy to heal you as well. She is quite a powerful cleric. Abadar has blessed her with his strongest spells. Then he would lead you again back to Archbanker Perel's office. And you would wait outside for a moment. And a moment realistically being more 10 or 15 minutes before the acolyte emerged, uh, opening the door and looking much, much better than he did previously. Now his proper self, uh, enlightened and energetic. And as he sees you, his face would brighten into a smile immediately. He would step forward and take one of your hands in both of his and Ori and shake it and then do the same to now. It's like, oh... Abadar be praised. I I thank you to both and the rest of your friends so much for this rescue. Would you say he looks like a million bucks? <laughs> because it's a bank. <laughs> How to kill someone over the internet. I mean, he does have the comedy role. <sighs> <sighs> Oh. Brandon and I appreciate you, sir. Brandon and I, I, mean, I, I feel like I, I can't be mad because you. this is what I do most of the time. You do it all the time. I can't be that upset about it, but I feel like that was a particularly egregious offense. <laughs> it's beautiful. 
but yes, at the moment he probably does <laughs> look like a million bucks. So, as he shakes your hands, now much more talkative, much more energetic, as I didn't have the energy to introduce myself properly, and I do hope that you harbor no ill will. I, I made no intent to be rude, but that, that beast's poison ran thick in my veins, and it was not an affliction easily staven off. I'm Festomice, acolyte, soon-to-be cleric of the temple. Well, I'm glad that we were able to help you. You were in quite the distressed state. I'm, I'm glad we got you here in time. Well, it's fortunate that you remained, whether to see to my well-being or otherwise, as I had sought to return the favor. You saved my life. There is no mistake about that. And whether or not the judge of the gods led you to that canyon, or the archbanker, or your own will, it was Providence who were there to save me. I would not have lasted much longer. Traveling across Marat, as nobles do, takes time, and for you to arrive there, in that canyon, at that moment, was nothing short of miraculous. I feel that Abadar himself has reached down to Stockies, and through me he shall act. Stockies has no proper temple, correct? Correct. No. <gasps> While I was in there, I have spoken with the Archbanker herself. I wish to pledge myself to the service of Stockies as its cleric. Yes. And on the bankroll of the temple here in Lothidar, we wish to construct a smaller house of worship in Stockies. I would be perfectly fine with this. Um, it is not my place to accept, but the... I forgot the word for what Dara tribune. is. Tribune. tribune. The Tribune, I'm sure, after being told of this proposition, would be more than happy to accept. If there's any way that I can assuage his mind, let me know. I wish more than anything to commit myself to this endeavor. It is not only the only way I could begin to repair my saviors, but beyond that, I feel like this task has been handed down from the heavens itself. We will handle the costs and constructions of the temple, and I, as the new cleric, will oversee it and possibly in coming months its own acolytes. My own magical abilities are much weaker than that of the Archbankers, of course, but I would be glad to provide whatever assistance I could to your blossoming town. Weak or strong, simply having both a place of worship, whether it be uh, Shayla and Abadar or anyone, I'm sure it will be beneficial to the people. Something for them to turn to in hard times. Yeah, I'm sure I... we could definitely use your services. I do very much look forward to spreading the golden light of civilization down south. Stockies has long sorely needed it, I'm sure. And he stops for a second. I mean that as no offense, of course, but the city has been, well, this tiny hamlet as it is, has been abandoned for years, and 
needs help coming back to the light. I'm sure you understand. Of course. We've been doing what we can to help them, but it is a slow process. Now again, it's fortunate you stayed, as the lady wishes to speak with you as well, uh, directly. Uh, I'll let her know you're here. Uh, at, at this point, I'm sure it's no need. You can walk in and she'll be more than happy to receive you, but one moment. And he, nah, he uh, bows and turns back around into the Archbanker's office. Is in there for a brief moment before he steps back out. Motions for you to head inside. As soon as he turns his back, Nori's gonna start nudging Nell and be like, big smile on her face, like, yeah! <laughs> Did a thing! And he comes back out, nods to you, puts his hands together, and says, May the scales weigh ever in your favor. Thank you again. And makes his way back out to the main chapel. With that, I assume you head into the Archbanker's office. Of course. And uh, Lady Perel nods. And as you enter and she gestures to take yourselves seats, you sit down and she begins. I understand that Acolyte Mize was excited to share his news. Yes. And we very much welcome him. As soon as I can inform the Tribune, uh, I'm positive he will gladly accept the proposal. He speaks truth. We would be more than glad to extend our reach out to the further ends of Marat. It is difficult for us to make proper journeys in overseeing construction such as the one that you had requested uh, or inquired about earlier, Sir Stalwart, in Marat... Uh, and southern Marad and Stockies and Pensaris and well previously even out into the western barony and Talus's land but we've not traveled there in several months having a temple in Stockies would be beneficial for both of our parties and we would be more than happy to fund such a construction besides I am sure that your commoners in town will be more than happy to have a place of worship They'll be welcomed into the into the fold. And, see the and you guys will for pay for the building and everything? Of course. The building, wow. the materials, and the construction. Okay. Honestly, if you hadn't proposed this, eventually I was going to consider a uh, building a place of worship to Shalen. Just simply anything for the commoners to be able to turn to. I see nods. I understand that in a town like Stockies, most of the commoners may pledge themselves more so to the lady of the arts than the god of wells and ditches but Abadar watches over all his love is not restricted to those who bear wealth it's extended to all within this world those who uphold civilization by any means I feel like too often those unfamiliar with our worship and our practices boil us down to mere coin. I understand the association, of course, as we run banking services for not only much of Taldor, but much of the inner sea regions as a whole. But that interaction is inverted. We do not provide these services because we worship the coin itself though it is a strong block of the foundation of civilization, 
we handle these coins because all who understand the teachings of Abadar can trust us. Because our god is not just a god of wealth, but a god of law. Hopefully, in time, the good people of Stockies can come to understand as well. The stigma surrounding the Church of Abadar between commoners is, is not of your fault, or any worshipper of Abadar. It's because the, the way some nobles utilize his name, it has sent a gap between their understanding and the reality, which is unfortunate because, as you said, it's much more than just gold. And I do understand that sometimes there is strife here. Sometimes there is unrest. The Talden Dream can seem difficult and out of reach for many, and those that find themselves disillusioned often turn to the nobility for blame. And perhaps in some cases there is blame to be had. All the more reason for us to extend our reach to Stockies proper and begin our work. Now, I understand, Sister Alward, that you as well were bitten by this creature in the canyon. Yes, thankfully only me. This should be something I can purge from your body. I was able to remove it from Acolyte Mize without too much difficulty, if you wish. That would be lovely. It has not started to affect me much, but I am afraid of what it could do if left unchecked. And she would nod and uh, step forward and put, hold one hand out towards you. And she says, may I? Of course. And she'll place the hand on your chest. They can't dispel. And the magic will immediately flow through you. And Can I tell instant, what she's doing? Do you have spellcraft? Yeah. Hold on. Uh, that audio that you just played, Squid, really messed up your input. I wonder if for some reason... It's because it was so loud. Ooh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> I, I think running both Sirenscape and your mic through the same soundboard like it, it, it mixes it weird sometimes mm -hmm. yeah when does the loud ones come through they leave residual effects does it fix itself afterwards or does it stay weird it kind most of stabilizes time, yeah most of the time it fixes itself earlier for some reason you sounded like you were underwater okay well i can look into that's actually would make a lot of sense since i do literally have the mix under the same track i can look into fixing that for the next for next show. week but the good news is that that's just for you guys. Yeah. Because OBS is taking that as two separate feeds. It's taking Sweet. my mic as a straight feed. So that's nice. only you guys hearing it. Which is, is lame, but at least it's not for the show yeah. and the podcast. Uh, anyway, with an 11, you're not sure. Scratching my head. That's spell. Like, She's yeah, that's doing magic. some kind of spell. I definitely, yep, that's, that's magic for sure. But as she casts it, let me double check, actually, does this remove the effects? Okay, no, it, it does not reverse the effects. You just don't take any more effects. So you still have the one, you're still down the one con. I mean, that's fine. We're going to bed tonight. Yeah, but you'll, yeah, you'll get that back just from sleeping one night. And uh, as she casts that spell, she says uh, again, now, Acolyte Mize seem to have taken a much more severe 
reaction to the poison than you are now, possibly due to the duration of his exposure. Ah, so I, what's the poison? I owe Baylor some money. I fortunately was able to diagnose it with my own magics. It was in fact the creature's poison. I must say it is quite rare for poisons like this to affect the body for this long. Uh, typically the venoms of snakes or other wild creatures run their course in a matter of minutes. Well, we do have his head. We were bringing it to get it uh, taxidermied <laughs> for mounting, but if it has such a potent poison, perhaps we should take a trip to an alchemist to see if they might be able to produce an antivenom for it. It is perhaps worth investigating. This is the first I've heard of the existence of one of these creatures, but that does not mean that there are not more. I am far from familiar with the ways of snakes, but to my understanding, where there is one, there are many. If we run across them again, having a specialized anti-venom in place may be useful. However, I fear such a creation would be beyond the means of those who would have need of it. Those with the money could turn to magic such as I can provide here. Those without would hardly be able to inoculate themselves. Well, if it would save the people of Stockies, I'm not above uh, funding it myself just so that we have an emergency stock. It's a very noble and selfless pursuit, Sir Stonewood. And again, should the needs of need arise, I'm sure they'd be more than grateful. Again, I must thank you for returning our acolytes in what condition you could. I, of course, do not fault you for what happened to Acolyte Maladus, and she will be given the proper rights and burial as soon as we can contact the rest of her family. Uh, she was actually the only one from her household to pledge herself to Abadar as she did. It is unfortunate with her loss, I fear we may never reach the rest of her kin. Well, hopefully they do not place the blame on the church. It was an unforeseeable tragedy. We will do what we can to make amends, of course. But for you, I will give you what assistance I can. Of course, we will build this small offshoot of the temple, this chapel in Stockies and Acolyte Mize, as he will be Cleric Mize in the next few days, will oversee it for you. But in addition, I have a personal gift of thanks. And she turns down uh, to her desk, bends over, opens up a, a drawer, sifts through and pulls out a rod. It's almost a perfectly straight rod, about eight inches long, rounded on both ends of a light, like an almost white wood with no markings or indication of anything. It's just like a big rounded dowel, basically. And she places it on the desk in front of her. You seem a capable sort, of course. You slew this beast and saved two of our cloister, but in all means, healing is helpful, I have found. This wand through use of anyone understanding of magics can cast cure moderate wounds. It's not the most powerful of healing spells, but it is far from the weakest. 
many have found its uses uh, or its services useful. This one is fully charged, and if you have difficulty using it, either I or your new cleric and stockies once the temple is crafted will be able to unlock its magics for you. But please, it's the least we can do. That is a fantastic gift. We greatly appreciate it. So you have a complete, fully 50 charge wand of Cure Moderate Woods. Yes. I will obviously let the magically inclined ally of mine handle the wand. And I'll give it to a more magically inclined ally when I get home. <laughs> Bill's like, that's magic. I ain't touching it. Yep. Like, nah, here you go. You have the magic so, popsicle stick. While we're on the subject of the shrine and whatnot, um, I would bring up the rest of the snake because we're going to mount the head, but we wanted to use the body as part of a shrine. So I would propose that the gilded snake skin might be a thing they would be interested in. The face would narrow a bit. Well, I thank you for the thoughts, and I understand your reasoning, but I don't think the remains of such a creature would be proper for our worship. This gold it bears, I truly don't know if it's the gold of the ravine itself, or something altogether different or if the creatures are perhaps attracted to gold as we are but this beast I believe is a heresy not something to be worshipped at the feet of completely understandable but I do thank you for your outreach I take no offense by it I understand you were trying to help We will see to it that it is properly disposed of then. Is there anything else that you had need of our services or mine or anything else from the good people of Abadar? I believe that would be everything we came to the church for. But I once more cannot thank you enough for the return of these acolytes and can only hope that this new temple can begin to repay the debt we owe you. We Walk are the golden happy road, to have helped. my friends. With a handshake, have a lovely day. And with that, <laughs> you guys head just back out into Lothudar. And I don't How believe late you... is it? Uh, at this point, it would be probably late afternoon. We're looking at like 5 p.m. Sun's going down. You know, maybe so we're on pace we can left. still make it back in time or we're running behind No, you definitely bit. cannot. You can make it back if you don't sleep tonight. No, I mean, we're going to sleep tonight and whatnot. I, um, I want to figure think, out where a taxidermy would be. Yeah, I was about to say, I think he means more about taking it to be taxidermy. Oh, you can totally do that, yeah. You, you can go to the one big taxidermist. Oh, chair. wait, no, no, no. Alchemist. 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 I'm gonna find an alchemist first. Do you want to see what you, you you're on this uh, this anti venom thing? That's a pretty good idea. All right, before we go alchemist hunting, I think we should take a break real quick, like because it's been a little over two hours, and that that strikes me as pee in time. I don't know about you <laughs> yeah. guys, but that strikes me as pee in time. So I make a snake skin blanket. 
I guess we can actually, uh, with Nori here, since it's you and Nell that are heading to the Alchemist, we can continue on here while we wait for uh, Mr. Shaw to get back. So you guys want to find an Alchemist and see if there's something they can do to synthesize a specific anti-venom against the creature. Correct? Yeah, just curious if they can. Correct. If not, then it's off to the taxidermy. Fair enough. So you head around, and there are... There's like one... It's, it's not even like really a sp specialized alchemist in Lothar. It's not really big enough for that. Uh, but there is a non-magical one that specializes in elixirs and the sorts that are not an actual like pathfinder alchemist he doesn't put spells in bottles he can't make potions this is like, a dude with craft alchemy potions. and an alchemy kit yeah this is the guy with craft alchemy who can make like regular antitoxins and anti-plagues and stuff sounds and, like our guy and that's about the extent of his that's about the extent of his abilities his place doesn't even have a proper name Really, he doesn't. It's like a lot of the places here in these smaller towns, they don't have actual titles. Like, it's the alchemist. Yeah. Why does just, it need a name? It's the only one. Yeah, the alchemist. <laughs> and it's just simply signed with a fairly basic drawing of a potion. Just to make sure people who are in no way literate can still figure out what this shop does. You head inside. You bringing your snake head with you? I, I don't think I'm going to carry the head inside of the store. Okay, we're just going to leave it out. Fair enough. Uh, uh, until it, it's been brought up and he's confirmed, yeah, I could do that. I don't think we need to get the head out of the bag. You head in there, and it seems to be run by two people. A young, bordering on middle-aged, brown-haired, Talden man, who is fairly plain-looking, and a very, very old halfling woman who's just kind of tottering around, uh, stirring at various pots and just glancing into Olympics. She has one monocle that's got to be a solid inch and a half thick, just jammed in the outside of her skull. It almost looks like a, a jeweler's glass just because it's so big. And her other eyes, most of the time, just squint and shut. The door is wide open, and as you head inside, the man stands up to greet you. Oh, welcome. Are you in the market for antitoxins, antiplagues? Is this something I could uh, craft for you, or did you have a specific request? A bit of that last one, actually. Uh, we recently came across a particularly scary snake. Uh, with venom that lasts for days. Um, That's interesting. I uh, can't say I've heard much of venoms and poisons lasting that long. Typically, they either uh, kill the poor victim or they're dealt with within a day's period. But to continue... Well, uh, we as you keep talking, He starts... Uh, rooting around uh, behind a small desk for some things. It's not even like a, a proper counter so much as like almost haphazard tables just scattered around with a meticulous pile of glassware and various liquids on each. It's almost difficult to move around without knocking things over. Well, we slayed this individual creature. <coughs> <coughs> I, 
we slayed this creature. Whatever. And we were curious that if we presented you with a sample of the venom, because we happen to have the head with us, we're taking it to get mounted. But before we do that, perhaps you'd like to take a look at a look at the venom to see if there's anything particularly special. One of us is really nervous because he got bit by it. And as you're as you're saying this, he's pulled up three, well, like almost just like straight cylindrical jars with a canvas bound around the top of them that are full of a very very thick viscous yellowy liquid. Says, oh. I had uh, assumed that with such an encounter you were after are anti-venoms and anti-poisons, but you want us to synthesize something from this creature. If a normal anti-venom doesn't work, we need something, because there's potentially more of, of these monsters. Well, while it has not been tested on them per se, these... Anti-venoms themselves work against the debilitating effects of various poisons. And by going for these symptoms directly and treating there, thusly they defeat the disease. The source has been largely irrelevant, but again, I can't say for sure as we've not tried ourselves. And the little halfling lady scoots over from wherever she's looking at up next to the the guy and squints up at him and squints up through you, at you through this one giant lens and kind of looks up at Nell. I've not, not heard of poisons like that, but these antitoxins will work fine. If it's bitcher and you haven't died, these will cure it. Well, I was helped by the Church of Abadar, but an individual who was bitten a day prior to me, he did nearly die from his exposure. It's a very, very slow-acting poison. Dare I say, unnatural. Well, given that, all the more time for the outcome to be treated. The symptoms show immediately. How does it present? Well, from personal exposure, I can tell you that it feels like cold liquid. Uh, there's no normal, there, there's no burning, there's no aching. It just feels like icy. Icy. No burning, no pain. Does the site swell? Does it ooze? The specifics are important. Bit. Just the normal blood and wound of a of a bite. No special infection or. It was a bit pretty big snake too. It bit right through his breastplate. And you want us to what? Specialize an individual targeted antitoxin. These well, venoms are I, not a, a disease or an infection that the, the body can be immunized against. Antibodies can't be prepared to stop the bite of a, a snake or these poisons that appear directly in veins, but the proper combinations of galerinide and these assorted alkaloids through these systems, we end up with a base that treats symptoms on site of any of these poisons. It's a misconception. 
with the current technologies and understandings of alchemy, we need not treat individual inflictions so much as the symptoms they cause. And at base level, most poisons work the same way. But this does sound different. That I mean, said, at the very least, I would like to test the venom with antivenom to see if it is neutralized. Yeah, we have the head. And the uh, the guy at this point who hasn't spoken since the halfling showed up chimes in. I, we could try, I believe. And the halfling waves her hand and cuts him off. No, we've nothing here nearly acidic enough to dispel venom of that potency. If it could remain in the system for days on end, this is something beyond our capabilities here in this shop. We've not the equipment, nor the resources, the time, or the oils we'd need. Besides, well, if you've had it treated via magic, what is it you still fear? I don't fear this creature personally, but I want to make sure that the people of Stockies are not subjected to its bite. Well, then I'd recommend they not get bit. <laughs> now, is there something I can help you with? All right, Nell. We've, uh, we're how, wasting our time here. How about... I pay you to milk the venom for me, and I will see oh. what I need to do with it. Gross. And she looks back at the the guy, and the guy shrugs. Just, Very well. You have the being. Yep. And at this point, I will go fetch the head. And you, you come in with this head that's about the size of a torso, nearly. <laughs> and the dude's eyes just go gigantic as he's looking. Little halfling woman steps up and still with this massive monocle just permanently wedged in her face, starts looking it over with both hands, pushes as hard as she can to like pry the mouth open a little bit so she can look at the fangs and just darts around the little thing almost erratically as she looks it over. Taps it a couple times. Looks around at where the head had been severed. I don't see a land in this if you if you look uh, if you hold this open for me please and the boy steps forward and lifts it up and you see these fangs here are hollow they're simply a delivery system these creatures of this general family don't store the actual toxins in the teeth themselves nor do they synthesize it as they bite as many of the common folk would believe no there is usually a gland uh, similar to, uh, well, there's not a great comparison in people, but a saliva gland, or a tear duct that produces the substance itself and runs it through the fangs. Uh, for most snakes, they keep that fairly close at hand, not in the head, but nearby. But what you have here, I don't see anything outside the skull, and unless it's in its brain... Which, while admittedly could theoretically be possible, seems unlikely. So you're saying that it's a snake that bit us with venom that doesn't produce venom? Well, look here. You see this fang. If you look near the tip of the fang, it's hollow, like a medical syringe. It functionally works the same way. And typically there is a gland behind the skull that runs the venom to the fangs directly. 
but they don't... I, I would have to dissect this further to look deeper, but I don't see anything they appear to be connected to. This large opening behind the mouth, of course, is the throat that leads through to its stomach, and everything around it is simple muscles, ligaments, and veins, and the brainstem coming down through the spine here. But there's nothing else that appears to connect back to anything else that could transport liquids, because this is simply for the lungs, and it wouldn't be squirting venom from the same hole it was breathing. It bit you like a traditional snake, yes? The fangs and... Yes, it, it definitely used its fangs. Then I must say I don't know. This is a strange creature. That's what we thought. That's why we're trying to learn what we can about it. But, while at the offer of payment, I would of course like to help, I do not believe there is anything we can do with this. Well, I do appreciate the at least taking a look at it. And while we're here, I am at least going to buy some anti-venoms just for the safety. Yes, least we could do for your time. Well, this creature is different. I assure you that these same anti-venoms will work this as effectively as any uh, they would against any other. And she will, of course, sell you. They've got up to six of them. That they How can much just are sell they? You with the, uh, I'm trying to find it. I can't find it. I actually can't find. Is it called? Is it called antivenom or antitoxin? Am I antivenom. Antitoxin. Antitoxin. It is antitoxin. Really? Uh, they are fifty gold apiece. Uh, I mean, I'll take three. And they give you plus five on fort saves against poison for an hour. Like, it's a, it's a huge buff. So if you take three, yeah, they could do 150 gold. They'll sell you those three jars full of disgusting jello slop. Because hereabouts in Marat, they make things that work. And this is not the golden Olympic from Apara. And they do not make things that are pretty or taste good. They make things that will make you get less better, ideally. And with that, is there anything else you want from this alchemist? No. So, off to the taxidermy! So you take this head to the taxidermy guy, who is familiar with doing strange and exotic creatures, but has definitely never seen a snake this large before. So there's, uh, three gold. He can have it stuffed in a few days. But did you tell him that you, you're the one who did the manticore, too? Go for it, Shinmu. You're not here. There he is. No, Kahina's not here. Me. Kahina's oh. not here. I just was opening up the door because Shinmu loves to brag about how he killed yeah. the manticore. <laughs> now he gets to brag about how he killed the manticore, this guy's stuff. And now he gets to brag about the snake. Nobody seems to care, so I'm not going to bring it up. Just give it up on he that. He might. So you can drop that off. Uh, that takes him a couple of days. Next time you're in Lothiar, you'll be able to pick that up and that'll be done. It's not and, like we need it immediately anyways. Yeah, beyond that, you can stay at the same inn you always end up staying at when you're in Lothidar. Uh, silver piece, and you have beds for the night. Beds and meals for the night. Wake up early in the morning and ride back. Yeah, wake up early and start riding back down. So as you lay down to go to sleep, Inari 
Tiaran decides it's time to talk. Oh, him. here we go. I thought <laughs> we were going to get through a whole session without hearing him. All right. So, been thinking about it. You can see the wheels turning in your head. Yeah, it's uh it's a curious thing. I can't put a can't put a finger on it. I would ask you if you had a theory on the, the matter, but I figured you'd probably just throw a vague answer at me. Hmm. If you haven't put it together by now, girl, I sorta of doubt you're going to. <sighs> Look at the big picture. You among all those chasing bounties and coin in the narrows, and you get chosen. Think, what did Martellus say to you? She needed me for my skills. What did she actually say to you? What did she say to you that mattered? Substance. How did she know you? From my father, right? Your father's been working for the loyalists for longer than you've been alive. If, this like is I true. said, you're following closer in his footsteps than I thought. So you're saying he was, uh, he was loyal to the, the crown, the, the princess, in fact. I don't know if he worked with Martella specifically, but he's been doing the princess's dirty work for decades. Now, people like your friend Baylor, back in your new mansion, like to think politics is simple and takes place with a bunch of grouchy old men in a large hall. I hope you've seen enough now to understand that's not how anything works. No, I'm politics is what we're doing. Politics is the behind the scenes. Trying to make the th set up the framework to make the things work how you want to. The outcomes of these votes are all but decided before they happen. Through no small part from the efforts of people just like Martella. Getting a feeling you don't like Martella. I got no problem with the lady specifically. I'm just saying, if you think this war for the crown's only been going on for a couple of weeks, uh, you've put a lot less thought into this than I hoped. It's been no secret that the Grand Prince didn't have any children to inherit the throne, and the princess has been far from subtle about her efforts. No, their connection to you was personal. They knew you directly through your father. They knew what he did. They knew what he was capable of, and we're hoping you'd do the same. See, that's the thing. I was at home, and you were with him. And you could tell me what he did. I could. But that's largely going to be a lot less exciting than you're expecting. Don't get me wrong, your dad had plenty of his work stories chasing down bounties across town in Apara, but as far as he was concerned, that was his side work. That was what paid the rent, bought the food. But he was out more than he probably should have been, doing the same kind of stuff you've been put up to now. Hmm. 
Oh, that's concerning. It is. Because it seemed, well, simple enough at first, but I do have to say it went down I went downhill spectacularly quickly. I do ask myself constantly what we're uh, what we're doing here. Why we're the ones having to set up this town and bring everything. But I mean, this is I certainly feel out of my element in it. I'm not going to lie. I feel much more comfortable chasing down a noble in the narrows. Well, for now, Based on the events when you were first pulled into all this, Eutropia is, for once, playing this pretty conservatively. Though she has been slinging you around the country more than I expected in your opening days, she must be desperate. Barely proved herself and she's got you out here in some backwater trying to get her house back from the local suits. Hmm. But can't say I disagree with what you're doing at the end of the day. I was along for the ride through all of this, though I don't think there's a huge difference of who in particular sits on the throne. Didn't disagree with any of what your dad did necessarily. I'm just saying you're treading a similar path. Somebody obviously disagreed to have him killed. <laughs> Jareth. I'd be careful. If you start stepping a little too far like he did, I'd hate to have two of my wielders go down to the same man. It's kind of shameful at that point. Can't help but feel a bit personally responsible. Like, if only I could swing myself. You point me in the direction and that man will die. <laughs> you really think so? I do. If you help me, we can do it. Zemar. Zemar. Familiar? A border city. Way down to the south. Near Kadiran lands. Can't hmm. tell you for sure too much about Jareth, but we were down there specifically looking for him. You see, your dad had a warrant to have him brought in. Wasn't a legitimate warrant, but again, <laughs> not really how this stuff works. Beginning to see that. Jareth didn't take it too kindly. Well, yeah, a forged warrant, but I mean, it's not like it's not like him to go after with a with a forged warrant. Did he know it was a forged warrant, or did he just? Oh, well, he was, was fully he set aware. Up? He was doing what the princess sent him out to do. Oh. Remove a man from the picture. Politics doesn't happen at the nice tables in the capital, girl. This is it. You're telling me Eutropia sent my father with a faulty warrant to get a man. Guilty or not, with a faulty warrant, sent him to his death. I wasn't expecting him to react so violently, I'd imagine, but spies die. It's part of the job. For what it's worth, he went down swinging. Not really. 
Jareth ambushed him. Didn't even get me out of scabbard. <sighs> I'm telling you. Think about what you're doing here. And I'm not, again, saying think about whether it's right or wrong. I'm saying think about how committed you are to it. If you're going to go the same way as your father, and honestly, no lack of respect for someone giving themselves for what they believe in, but you better be damn sure that that's what you're ready for. Daldor is even more volatile than it was ten years ago, and it's not gonna get me it's not gonna get me brighter. Not till this whole succession nonsense is settled. And I wouldn't put it past fate to put you in the same situation as your dad. Ugh. <laughs> Nori's just be beside herself pretty much eyes welling up like I told you there's more to it than you'd like to think ain't a simple case that your dad was in the was in the right and Jareth killed him in cold blood you gotta figure out what side you're on girl come on adventure pop I get that I really do but there's a lot to it it's real hard to see right and wrong which side is right in all this I mean I, I'm getting near the point of just being on my own side well, then your eyes are a little more open than I'd hoped they were this loyalist imperialist this whole political game is two sides of the same coin they're out for themselves and no one else anything they draw any sense of unity any of these political parties is just to grow their own power make no mistake at the end of the day princess eutropia and maxillar pytherius have got everything in common they want to be running this place and either of them will do whatever it takes to get there even using people to get what they want <laughs> and what exactly have you been doing for the last month feels like getting used Anyway, that's probably enough heavy thinking for one night. Let you stew on that one, chew it a bit, roll it around. But you better get to thinking what it is you want to do long term. Appreciate the advice. Why did you sign up with Martella in the first place? I mean, a part of it played into my father. Uh, he he was aside with her, and he believed that she was going to be the rightful heir. He believed in the primogeniture, I and uh, I did too. And if she's the rightful heir, I mean, isn't that what we're fighting towards here? Whatever it is you have to do to further your goals or anyone else's, don't lose sight of why you're doing it. Let's keep that in the back of your head. I will. And with that, see Aaron, fall silent.
with nothing further to say. It's worth asking. You weren't having a one-sided conversation out loud, were you? No, I'm alone in my room at this point, I would think. Yeah, and but if someone walks by and just hears you talking to yourself... No, it's telepathic. No, he's telepathic with his sword. I'm, because you've been sword. making a point to talk to your sword out loud. Well, yeah, but it's well, making a point to talk to your sword out loud to other okay. people. Like Sometimes I do it out loud just because to Because he uses it. him as a prop, but... I'm like, I point. wonder if a magical sword could possibly help us in this situation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if he's just in a, in a room having a conversation with Sierra, and I'm assuming it's all telepathic. So, having gotten a bit more of the background here, I know he's definitely got some stuff to think about overnight as she hangs out in Lothidar. Kind of puts in perspective what all you got at stake here. And it's, it's a lot. And he's not wrong. It's kind of easy to lose sight of out here in Nowheresville, Marat. Dealing with Bubo, Medusa Slayer, and <laughs> having tea with Crab and trying to make nobles like you. Yeah, doing all the heavy lifting for somebody. It's easy to lose sight of the bigger picture of what you're doing out here. But, perhaps thoughts for another day. You guys go to sleep for the night. And you wake up the next morning... Terapy obviously has temporary stat damage. It's not <laughs> drain. So you get your one constitution back. Uh, you guys all, if anyone's missing any health, you get your five health back from sleeping. And I imagine you're going to be up at the crack of dawn to hop on those horses and ride back to Stockies and hopefully get there before Baron Akira does. Yep. Well, I mean, the goal is to get back within a reasonable time. If he happens to beat us, we're not the ones that have to be there to receive him. So. Yeah, you do. You do have three other people there, so it's not a horror. Yeah, we're not gonna like kill ourselves to get there or the horses. We're gonna take our time. I'm sure Nell and Inori probably aren't in the biggest hurry to get back to chat it up with anybody. <laughs> well, I thought you guys liked Baron O'Kara. That doesn't mean like we want. Doesn't well, mean we want to. Yeah, <laughs> just because we like someone doesn't mean we enjoy the whole nobility thing. Okay. Just because I like you doesn't be able to hang out with you. Jeez. <laughs> no, because he's there on business. He's not there to hang out. Right, exactly. More you don't business. know that. I mean, that was, he's there to look over point. stuff, but I, I feel like once he gets back to the it's house, he's kind of To a point, Noble's coming over, even if it is to hang out, is still for business. Still business. That's because why I feel is... Nell would kind of like impart that. Like, if he's coming over, maybe we should just take our time on the way back. That's fine. Okay. Is... That's fine. Baron. Kahina and Baylor will play the game. I mean, we will still come back within the day. We had a schedule. Yeah, you'll, you'll We're going to keep it. Not too long in the afternoon. Uh, probably around 2, 3 p.m. Uh, you will. I mean, if you are, are you intentionally like taking your time? Like, you we're not intentionally slow, wasting time, but we're not going not to hurry. rush. We're not pushing the a... horses to run. Yeah, just... you're just having a normal journey down there. Like, hey, I'll get yep. there, we get there, whatever. He'll... Oh, Carol, still be there. Yep. Meanwhile, meanwhile, like... back in stockies, the other three of you up at the crack of dawn, going to town as soon as shops and like. If any of the farmers and stuff have, and there's not uh, necessarily shops so much as well. Not like, shops. There's not like other stuff like she bought back in Moose to bring back with her. But like, if there's any, if anybody's got like vegetables or because they we we were doing harvesty stuff. So like, well, if the there's harvest is in a, the harvest is starting that Sunday. That uh, Sunday, so okay. Is it right now? Okay. Well, you... So in three days. Uh, okay. Right now they're expanding the farms okay. for the next crop 
they put down after this harvest the next okay. wave basically uh which is mostly done at this point and it should wrap up by tonight uh the first thing the contracting crew was doing repairing and expanding all of the farms themselves so they should be able to get working tomorrow on repairing the roads and the transportation in and out of stock here so people can get in without destroying their wagon slash carriage mm -hmm. on the absolutely abysmal roads that lead them through stockies that were really just a series of potholes but you i'm assuming spend the morning getting ready with what getting ready and then helping with what work there is mm -hmm. uh still working with because we don't have house staff which means if we're gonna offer him food or anything then that means Kahina's gonna be cooking. So you would be able to purchase uh, basic goods like yeah, vegetables and vegetables meats and, whatnot, and because meats because there and are, stuff. of course, like people trade in town. Even though it's mm -hmm. not like a standalone store necessarily, if someone's got like an excess or a supply. But also, they're all very poor, so they will definitely sell you some of their stock for for money. You can buy. <laughs> You can spend like a few copper or silver on just ingredients and meats from recent hunts and whatnot. I have a detour. Of course you do. What's a detour now? At, at some point throughout the day, as we were getting close to uh, Baron O'Kara's estate and his town, I would look over at Anori and ask if we should go pick up some refreshments. Not a, a bad idea. Not a bad idea. It's no, a I mean, valid way party. to waste time. <laughs> well, uh, the problem with that is where exactly <laughs> between Lothidar and Stockies are you going to pick up refreshments? Yeah. Uh, Baron O'Kara's place. It's the the <laughs> other way. We gotta it's, go. You have to go past Stockies. We gotta go right past Baron O'Kara. And yeah. four miles back. Yes. Okay, uh, you can definitely do that. You can you can swing. By or Prince you could Harris. have like picked it up in Lothadar before you I left. Didn't think about it. Before. Didn't have the idea until I left. <laughs> They're very much on the road already. But yeah, you can do that. You can stop Pinsaris. If you do that, you're not going to be getting back to Stockies till uh, closer to nightfall. So you definitely won't be there when Baron Akira arrives. But you will be arriving with snacks. So exactly. That's fine. Kahina might not like strangle a, them. That's <laughs> pretty good to me. So you guys I... make a detour to Pinsar's <laughs> to go to go buy refreshments for Baron O'Kara from Baron O'Kara's village. We and, don't uh, like this stuff, right? Yeah, we don't have anything yet set up in our town, so that's we go to his true. town to get his stuff. Meanwhile, in the afternoon. Well, I, I have something specific I want to do that morning. What do you want to do, Baylor? So, I would like to take the spellbook from Doggio. Okay. And Eros Glendower's autobiography. Okay. And I want to just start scribing just basically the tale of the uh, origin of the spellbook. Just like some brief information about 
the guy. I'm not. I'm gonna leave out all of the stuff about the circle, but then just the story of how the came spellbook came to come about, as far as I know. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, using what information you have from his autobiography, trying to put it in a more readable, less insane rambling format, uh, leading through his. Well, like, are you mentioning, like, Dagio and all that? Because... No, yes, be... I am. It, it is going to be about Dagio, because then I'm going to... I'm, I'm going to put, like, the stuff about him and then us finding the book. Well, finding Dagio and defeating him and all the stuff about how we came upon the spellbook. So Refresher wants to be published. Refresher for those of you that joined us in Songbird, Scion Saboteur, or just don't recall uh, previous campaign events from what is now in real time several months ago, the party encountered what was functionally an awakened rant named Dagio the Great in the wake of the Exaltation Day Massacre who appeared to be the result of an experiment gone very wrong by this Eros, who was attempting to make himself immortal, to join something called the Circle. And he got scared and tried to cut his losses with the ritual almost complete and transferred all of the magic into his rat, died instantly, and created an immortal rat <laughs> named Tahio they had to deal with. Dagio was not super smart, but uh, he is now dead. Smart enough to have wizard levels, but smart not... Smart enough to have wizard levels and cast magic. Let's, let's go with not very sane. He was pretty smart. He wasn't very sane. He's like the definition of 16 and 5 whiz. Does this less. part of the country get a uh, sub-freezing winter? I would say... I don't know if Marsh Probably, really... but not, like, if so, it'd be barely. Would, like, cold enough for two or three days that ice would happen? Yeah, I'd, I'd say it probably gets about that cold. Because it's pretty... Taldor's pretty temperate. I can make ice happen. To the, uh, yeah, I'd say it gets cold winters. This is late spring now. So yeah, I'm, I'm just planning some stuff that I'm going to buy. So. Yeah, it would get cold in a full year, almost, yes. You can only buy uh, Applejack if there's been frozen hard cider, so in order for them to make it, it has to be sub-freezing. Uh, okay, you can get that. <laughs> You're going, he's going shopping right now. Yep. Anyway, for the three of you that are still present in stockies, a little past noon... Your buddy, Baron O'Kara, would arrive, and he would roll up in what is realistically a fairly simplistic carriage pulled by a pair of horses with a pair of his own servants. And being a, it is, it is a carriage rolling into stockies, it would be pretty hard to miss <laughs> and pretty easy for all of you uh, to stop whatever it is you are doing out helping with the fields and make your way over to welcome him to Stockies. And as the carriage stops just sort of in the little 
bit of a clearing there is in the center of Stockies, not having any proper inn or stable or really anything. Baronicari seeing you three, I assume, would all be coming to greet him. Yeah, or maybe not Baylor. Right, Baylor that wouldn't take very long. Estate. Okay. And I'd come into town. Would I have to roll anything just for how well I write that? You can make us a you linguistics have scribe, right? I've got profession scribe and I've got linguistics. Yeah, make profession scribe. This is writing skills, not please, please bomb this so it's incoherent. <laughs> Let's see how good of a. Let's a see story how good I do. Here. It's been a while. Twenty. That's a twenty with a fourteen on the die. So I mean, that seems that's pretty good. You are a man who has a good way with words. Better. This is better than the write up that I have in our Discord from uh, Crownfall. <laughs> Surely, because that's about a six on that roll. <laughs> anyway, as a Baron of Care pulls his carriage to a stop, just kind of in the middle of town, he steps out, the smile on his face, and a uh, hand raised to greet you. Hey, uh, how's the newest tribute in Marat doing? And you and your friends are out helping the people. That's that's good to see. I see you settling in then pretty well. He seems confused. Alright, Dara's going to uh, march up to him uh, and greet him very warmly and be like, Welcome, welcome. We are really trying to improve the town and, you know, with all the help that you sent over, it's just really motivated everybody to chip in and hopefully get this thing moving uh, as fast as possible. Well, I'm really glad it could be of assistance. I'm glad to see you putting the crews I sent over to good work. I just... I didn't really expect you to be out here getting your hands dirty helping them. Uh, but it's noble of you, I, I must admit. It's very noble of you to be taking a, a personal hand in things. And, and, and yourself in the community and whatnot. That's, it's good for business. But that that all aside, as hopefully Saki's itself has been running fairly to your liking. Uh, of course, if you had any major issues or anything, you do fall under my barony, so anyway, any way I can help out, <laughs> you are my people. Well, we've been, uh, everything's been moving uh, right along, as, as far as I can tell. Uh, you got the mill back up and running. I seem to recall I, I haven't been to this town proper in a couple of years, but last time I was in, I think that had been in shambles. I recall seeing the arms turning, and I, I doubt the people here had the money to fix that up, so I assume yep. they've also got you to thank. Yes, we we just finished it off. Um, we're going to work on the uh, water pumps next to get the water. We've uh, expanded the uh, farms right before the harvest, so when they replant, we hope to have the water ready, and you know, uh, that way when they replant, we'll have water for the crops, and they can mill their own uh, harvest now, which oh, is good been... to hear. It sounds like you got things most under control then. So you got the uh, the old Betney estate fixed up and ready to go then. That was quick. We've been working on it. Uh, there's still some uh, bits outside. We need to rebuild the fence, uh, but um, Piscom had kept it uh, in a lovely state inside. So just some, you know, dusting and whatnot. And since we don't have any servants yet, we've been doing a lot of the upkeep ourselves. Uh, understand, I understand. I knew the region. It takes some time to get yourselves established here. Uh, 
Yeah, funny story, actually. I heard that one of the carpenter crews from out east in Pensaris had made their way back a couple of days ago. Uh, hence me knowing about the mill. I've just wanted to drop that one. But, uh, let me, to, to make sure I'm, I'm not missing anything here. They said your estate was looking a bit run down. Like the fences and whatnot damaged, and you hired them up to fix the mill for the people? Yes, well, we had other arrangements for the house. Once, uh, once Dara found out that we had inherited it uh, before we came out to the Palace of Birdsong, we had talked to some friends in Opara uh, about sending somebody, uh, a couple of workers out. So we've had them out there working on it. Hey, you're, you're doing what's in your heart. And I can respect that. I really do. But I, I worry you're taking your new responsibilities here possibly a little too seriously. And Marat's never a problem I thought I'd have to address. And I mean, you're of course the Tribune, the Stockies. You're free to do as you please. I'd see no reason to step in as your Baron and change the way you're running things. But you gotta make sure you're looking out for yourself first. Uh, Stockies needs a firm hand. I mean, I mean, these people, and he gestures out around to the contacts of the farmers, uh, they... They hardly know how to run their own lives. It's basically, it, it's the imperialist mantra, but on, on a smaller scale. Same concept as politics. Taldor's gotta stand for herself first before helping out allies. You guys gotta take care of your own for you, worrying about the good of the people. They've been surviving perfectly fine here without you. They, they could have lived another month or two without this mill or this pump. I mean, the estate's oh, running fine, right? Of course, but, I mean, while we had people doing that, we went and visited Dame Crab, and we took a weekend for ourselves, and i gone to visit friends, and, uh, and the Archbanker and Lothidar, you know, I, we are, we are taking time for ourselves. We're not spending all of our time out here with the people. Yeah, but Dar's we, gonna laugh, and Dar's gonna laugh congenially, and, no, don't worry, my friend, we are quite comfortable. It has always been a uh, dream of my wife's to come out to the country for a bit and we've, we're just kind of living in the moment as it is but you should really come see the estate it is be it is coming along beautifully we just have we just have the fences left uh, the workers are working on it but we just have the fences but we are very comfortable as it is it's good to hear I'm glad you're acclimating properly. I know life out here is a bit of a far cry from what you had back down on the coast in Apara, but it's got some charm to it. And besides, it's pretty easy to get a hold of anything you actually need, anything you need brought or shipped in from Lothidar or even up from, from Pensaris, you can get a hold of easy enough. And now you got a hold down at your beck and call. I know that the uh, estate up there doesn't have that large of a carriage house, so uh, um, the other two, Mr. Stalwart and Blade Dento, was up at the the, uh, the home. Because I'll I can just bring the carriage up uh, alongside or leave it in the drive. Uh, that will be fine. The carriage house is currently <laughs> housing a whole different problem we just had to take care of. 
that uh, well, that sounds like a story, and I'm gonna take you up on that here is, in a minute. It is one that we will let we will wait for Inori and Nell to help regale you with uh, this evening. Well, if you lot are done <laughs> digging holes out in the ground with the with the goblin yes, folk come out on, here, come on, come on, welcome to our estate. I'll follow you up, and he gets back in his carriage. And we'll jump back on our horses. So you get so, back on your horses and you ride. Uh, what? No. I uh, I tallied all this up and whatnot. I've spent. How much gold was it? <laughs> let me let me double check this. I tallied all this up. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. No, I've spent seven gold and five silver on this. Um, I'm bringing a lot of stuff. So, I have honey, chocolate, ale, wine, or not wine, um, Applejack cider, and like, and all the meat, cheese, and bread you could possibly want for like the next week. How much gold did you spend on refreshments? No. What number did What number did I just say? <laughs> I thought you wrote it down. <laughs> no, no, I took it off my uh. Like eight, something like that. I just wanted you to repeat it because that's that's a lot of food. Well, the gold was mostly the honey, the chocolate, and the apple cider. Fair enough. You got the you got the fancy stuff. Yeah, it's less the the quantity just... and more the uh, almost eight gold worth of value. And oh, that's really good to show we're living the comfy life. Yeah, yeah you we do should probably it. get some chocolate for Kahina. Yeah, that, that, that's like six hundred dollars worth. Yeah, that's, 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 that's what, what you I did. Mean, you like, brought the chocolate because when you walk in late, Kahina's is like, "I'm gonna murder you," and you're like, "Chocolate," and Kahina's is like, "Let me take that <laughs> this, <laughs> this time." So no, he you, more like he throws it and hopes <laughs> run the other direction. Throws in the window like it's a grenade. Like, you gone? Okay. So you guys make your way. Uh, the three of you make your way back to the abandoned estate, and uh, Nell and Anori would arrive after another two hours or so. And Baron Okara is mostly just interested in the state of stockies and things that have been going on. So you've got time to tell him your stories about Snake and. They'd ask you about how you're getting on with the other nobles and your visit to Dame Crab. And I don't know if you bring up Bubo <laughs> or any oh. of that. <laughs> but no. the question is, do you bring up Subsinia? Well, oh, I, I believe know. Nell would probably do that when he gets there. Yeah, but well, I mean, is, more importantly, saving arrive. Subsinia. I, 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 w I would not bring up defeating the undead <laughs> that were infesting their... <laughs> hedge maze hedge. yeah i, I, I would avoid talking about that <laughs> i will so, be bringing it up but not that part yeah it was, the, lovely time. specifically the fact that there was a undead heart spider yeah i'm gonna turn, twist the story around saying that we finally cracked the hardened shell of subsinia we, we think subsinia is feeling better now <laughs> And uh, after a couple hours later in the afternoon, uh, as it turns to the evening, when Nell and Inori finally arrive, and he's got the big pile of food, uh, Baron's uh, pretty happy about it. He's good to, happy to see you guys again, and he has his his two servants he brought along with him, kind of running around doing things. Uh, mm -hmm. He spends a little bit of time getting them acquainted with the estate, and just has his own servants doing things, because I feel like he probably knew you guys didn't have any servants yet. But after everyone has arrived... And we're all here. Everyone 
kind of settle in a bit with some various drinks and refreshments and perhaps getting ready for an evening meal. Baron says, so, there is one matter I feel I have to bring up while I'm here. Are you, all of you, familiar with the state of the beggar woods to the south? Yeah, yeah. vaguely. Vaguely, very vaguely. Enough that we know it's there, but... Mm. Because the way I'm hearing it from some of the carpenter folk came back to Pensaris, rumor is that they came and introduced themselves to you guys rather abruptly. They and did. That's about as much as we know about it. We tried to see if maybe we could get some of them to stick around and not go back. That's about it. But it was so vague, and we could not really get anything out of them. And we, yep. I'm surprised that from all of my conversations with Sir Gustern at the, uh, the gala, that I did not hear more about them, or what we should be doing with them. I do feel like, uh, perhaps, that there's my to blame here to some extent, not warning you about what you were getting into, just with Stocky's proximity to it. Uh, I mean, those... Those guys down the beggar woods can smell a piece of gold a mile off. I'll do just about anything to get their hands on it. And I mean that very directly. They are a danger. Not just the stockies, but they've been a, a nuisance to Pensaris for about as long as they've been around. Now, you do understand that there is a bounty on the leaders down there, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, we, we were to know that. We were made aware of that after meeting the group. I'm just making sure. I'm just making sure that my tribunes here aren't getting their heads into anything they maybe shouldn't have been. Now, it's far from my expectations that you guys will handle this beggarwood situation. That's not your problem you need to deal with. That is, unless you're going out of your way to make it your problem, you understand? That sounds like bait for us to go handle this tomorrow. That don't sound like bait for anything. <laughs> no, no, out of character joke. That is very much presenting this as a, if you want to, you can go and do this. I'm very serious. There is little that... I care about and respect as much as the word of law. And it's like the Archbanker Peril up in Lothidar says, and all the little Abadar and clerics, civilizations built on a solid basis of governance. A governing structure enacted through laws. And those that don't work within the laws are a problem. I don't well, want how- you to be a problem. I like you guys, don't get me wrong, and you didn't know. I'm not holding this against you. But if you're doing anything with any of these Beggar Woods bandits, it needs to be turning them in. Well, turning them in what, though? We don't even have a proper jail yeah, or sheriffs or any of that. Now, this is, truth be told, why they're still here. Now, you can come in and be a nuisance around Stockies or Pensaris, and there really isn't a whole lot we can do about it. Lothidar's too far away, and that's the only city that's got any real staple of guards. Now, they have on a, a couple of occasions attempted to raid the forest, but 
every time the count or the seneschal shows up with a load of soldiers to cut the place down suddenly there's nothing to be found unfortunately they're pretty good at hiding it turns out like I said, it's not your responsibility. I don't expect you to go out of your way to get your hands on these bandits or anything, but but I know, this is between you and me, I know the opinion here in Stockies is a bit different from what the Count would like it to be. I'm aware that a lot of the people here make a lot of their trade and get some of their supplies from them down the beggar woods. And again, just, just man to man here, Sir Rostam. If you don't know about it, ain't nothing you can do about it. But if you do, that does solidly fall under your problem. Don't make it a fuss, won't be a fuss, you get it? I'll raise a question here. Is it specifically the leaders that are cared about, or is it everyone? Because I was hoping that we might be able to convert some of their numbers into population for the town. As much like the women and the children. And he says, see, so, okay, it is as bad as I heard. This is, this is what I was worried about. Word was you were looking to hire these guys to come help work in your town. They're all wanted men. It's a gang of bandits, a lot of them. Not the that ones, I did not know. The only ones with heads big enough to warrant their bounty are their leaders. The four hoods, they call them. But, I haven't been able to get hands on them in years. The Beggarwood is, at worst, a nuisance so far. As long as you're not offering up money and just putting honey on your door, they shouldn't be any more of a problem than they have been in the past. But if you are trying to bring them into town to work... He's going to have to go to the count first. I don't think he's going to look very fondly upon them. Well, I think when they, those that did show up in town, the women and the children especially, like, it, as we conversed with them, it was more bringing them in to make them a part of the town. We could very well turn over their leaders and the men. But children, children just live as their parents live problem is when their parents are also living the lives of bandits it is an unfortunate situation I will admit they're set up for failure ain't much they can do about it but word of law is they're still bandits everyone making their homes down the beggarwood everyone that's part of that gang they're all wanted men with or without sizable bounties so I'm just hoping it's not not to step in and deal with a tribune trying to hire them on or shelter them personally. I advise you deal with it how I've dealt with it. Just ignore them. Like I said, they're a nuisance, nothing more. As long as you ain't making no more of a fuss out of them than they try to be on their own, it's nothing that's going to be an issue. It's unrealistic of me to expect you guys to be able to deal with, well, the state of this village and also running the law all the way down. 10, 15 miles to the south. It's something well, the Count's the... eventually going to deal with, but if you got ideas, certainly get you his favor. Hmm. Well, as the town does improve in its quality, more trade will come from places that aren't the beggar wood. So, so, so they would we'd have like less... to naturally drive them out on, on its own. 
it's real simple formula. The less you live your life outside the law, the simpler your life is. And as Stockies gets more opportunity to bring itself in line, there's going to be less and less need for these Beggarwood bandits, and eventually they're just going to have to up and find <coughs> someone else to go bother. Maybe move south and just infest some other local forest. I don't know. But, point is, as your baron, I can't abide by you sheltering, harboring, or, gods forbid, hiring these wanted men in your town. You understand? Well, we are we building... We are building a solid economy here, so we will no uh, they will not need where we will not need to trade with them. But I am wel welcoming more people into the town. It will be hard for me to tell which ones are bandits and not if they decide to come as lawful citizens. Of course, of course. Now, uh, again, I, I certainly can't expect you to vet each and every person coming through the village, but... Do you... I, I just want to know we're on the same side here. Yeah. I mean, that's what we would hope to be. That's we are all on I the side of the law. That's yeah. all I'm asking. Speaking yeah. of the side of the law, uh, the Archpriestess in Lothadar has offered to Archbanker. build a... Archbanker in Lothadar has offered... Surprise, everybody. <laughs> I did hear about that, actually. She sent one of her clerics down to me to get some of the paperwork done since this does fall under my barony so congratulations first of all that's a pretty big step and getting an actual extension of the hand of abadar down here in stockies might be what this town needs to get back in line i think it will influence the townsfolk to have a different mindset about the law and how they conduct themselves the way i see it these common folk only as sturdy as their leader. They'll fall in line when they have to, but right now all the Taldors are shambles, because, well, as a collective, we got no one to fall in line behind. We got no one wearing the print of the crown. As long as the Primogen's just sitting in its case, well, I figure the whole country's more or less a mess. But, again, God's will, and if Abadar has his way with law and civilization, it won't be too long before Pytherius picks that one up and straightens everything out. Well, your uh, advice is heard, and we are a man of the law, so we are on the same page. And I don't get me wrong. Again, I don't want to bring the mood down here, but I do occasionally have to speak on the official business. That's just uh, the way of how it is. So, and uh, with that, he moves back into much lighter fare. <laughs> Rather than grilling you <laughs> as, about your... As Kahina's just sitting there with the most forced smile on her face. She's got Dara's hand under the table and she's squeezing the crap out of it. Trying to... Anori's gonna up. hold up a chocolate bar. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk crap about Pytherius! <laughs> Have some chocolate! So as he's, uh, as you guys are talking, you, you go on some lighter things, just the goings on of Pensaris and Stockies again, and just mm -hmm. back to mainly how you're settling after he's gotten a bit of official business he, he actually needed out of the way. Talk about the snake. Talk yeah, about the snake. The snake, is snake. I mean, he's a hunter. He can absolutely appreciate uh, a real good can, hunt. And you guys bring show him not, the body. Yeah, not only Ireland. 
you have 80% of the snake in your garage. Yeah. So, yeah, you can definitely head out to the carriage. He would be more than happy to go out to the carriage house and look at that thing. Be very Check impressed this with out. The, the giant shiny thing that you have murdered in the canyon. Out there Anori the could definitely demonstrate the proper technique used to killing such said beast, <laughs> if need be, if the Baron was so inclined. Here's what you do. You hide invisibly, wait till it's almost dead, and poke it once. <laughs> Got him! So, oh, Baylor. He's the best. So yeah, he, he, it's, a, it's a general good time. And Baron Akira isn't opposed to a couple of drinks. And as the night goes on, of course, he's, he's more and more just kind of open and lighthearted as he becomes more and more Nell stage of drunk. <laughs> ah, good. That's it's a good time, Okara. That's a good time to talk and uh, get information. Good to time, Okara, is, is just having a good time. Hard yeah. cider is a very high alcohol content. Yes, it does. Yeah, very much so, yes. So later on in the evening after the sun has set, after a particular lull in the conversation, the brand starts again. He's like, ah. Can't believe how fast a government can fall apart, you know? It's just crazy to me that it's been a, what, two, three weeks since the Exaltation Day and we still don't have anyone with the crown? Like, can, can you believe... How much not only her time, but the whole country's time this Eutropia is wasting? And not even a princess anymore if that are dead. I am surprised that the it, the organiza organization was not dealt with beforehand. It seems that this is a very long time for this to be going on. I mean, what? look at all these. It, the whole country is in shambles. It's a mess. It's a shameful mess, is what it is. It reflects badly on the whole nation as a as as a as a whole. I mean that you can't show weakness in a position like that because even just commercial relations, like Andoran or Galt or or Kadira down to the south, those people sense weakness. It's not a far step from Taldor sliding back fifty years and. Possibly not even being Taldor anymore. What's a country without a king? Or a queen. I mean, she did win the election, correct? And and you said she's not a princess, but if if her father is dead, isn't she the... I mean, would she have a claim, I mean? We're just spitballing here, though, right? He takes a drink. He's like... He turns to you. You... We haven't right had a chance to, to get down to this, have we? I, I just assumed... Yeah, I didn't even think about it coming out from around, but you guys are from Apara. You, you're the coastal sort. Are you... Are you loyalists? You believe in this utopia dream? I mean, be you know, don't, don't, don't be afraid here. Not No personal judgment. You, you follow who you follow, but we ain't had much of a chance to talk national politics. Yeah. I like to think that between Dara and myself, with him having a military background, but with me having mostly a merchant background and being closer to the both the uh, army uh, in the nation and with the royalty of Opara, that the pipe dream is to uh, to uh, strike a middle ground as it has always been, and I would have liked to hope that Eutropia 
could have won her vote and that the, the army did win would, that she won her vote and that the that the army would support the will of the people who voted for her so this is me not Baron of Kara can I interest you guys in a tutorial yes because there is a mechanic we are going to need to get a hang of before it becomes critically important at later occasions are we about to do verbal duels called verbal duels oh. yeah! so the way I see it you've got a party face here in Kahina and Baron of Kara, of course doesn't think any less of you for thinking what you believe in what you do but he doesn't agree with you but it's sure. not just Kahina. This is everybody. This is a full group effort we're going to have here for verbal duels. Now, we got 30 minutes of time here to stumble through a practice verbal duel <laughs> and see if we can figure out the mechanics because I have definitely never run one of these either. So here's how this works. Do you guys all have... Let me. I'm going to get a sharing link for this. And I will put it in both the campaign chat here for you to click on and into the chat in the Twitch because I have made a table that I think will be helpful for trying to keep this organized because there is a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot of rules here and we're gonna, it's brand new system time. There's a lot. <laughs> there is there is a lot there is in fact a lot and i uh i feel it i feel it so keep that for the moment did we we briefly went over verbal duels party did we not it we has got, been brought up the, before yes it has been brought up before but there's not much more than that we're gonna do this real simple we're gonna skip the vetting the audience phase because you guys are already pretty familiar with baron okara already so I will give you for free his biases. Uh, Baron Akara has a strong bias for allegory, emotional appeal, logic, and presence. Which means if you use those four tactics, you'll get a bonus. And he has a strong bias against mockery and red herrings. You, that's just because you already know Baron Akira very well. So I'm not going to make you roll a, a sense motive or anything. The way a verbal duel works is you guys are going to take turns making your points. And because realistically we don't actually live in Taldor and know the ins and outs of this loyalist versus imperialist thing, I understand that you will not always be able to actually speak as your character would. That's okay. But I am going to give you plus twos to your roll for trying. So that is up to you if you want to go for it. You're going to pick a tactic. And do your best for show purposes to represent that tactic and what you say. Fit it in how you can. But again, it's going to be really hard to do perfectly. So I understand if you just got to say something. Be like, that was logic, by the way. And just roll logic. That's, that's fine. <laughs> That's fine. That's we're, This is why we're doing the practice run. And then after you do yours, O'Kara will respond with his own tactic. And back and forth and back and forth. And this 
takes place over a series of uh, what did they actually call? Let me use let's let's learn words here. A series of verbal exchanges, and as it goes back and forth, as you talk about each various topic, that exchange gets more and more powerful, and whoever loses it takes a bigger hit. So if you don't feel like it's going great, or you don't feel like you have a good response, you can just eat the loss on that verbal exchange and start a new one. Because every time it gets bounced back and forth, the DC you have to hit is going to get higher and higher. So it's going to get riskier and riskier and riskier. And then every tactic, almost every tactic, has special things to it. So that's core basics. Actual rules-wise, you have a pool of determination, which is basically your health as far as this is concerned. If your determination is reduced to zero, you lose the verbal duel. Your determination is the average of your intelligence, wisdom, and your charisma, plus your HD. So since you are a full group, I will let you average whoever has the highest of each of these stats. So highest int... Baylor, what's your int? Yes. <laughs> 21. 21. Okay. What? Who's got the highest wisdom? Does anyone have like 16 wisdom or is 14? I have 16. You have 16 wisdom? And how much charisma do you have, Kahina? 18. All right. So that's a solid 18. So it is not the modifier. It is. Is it the modifier? Or is it that number? I, I didn't write that part actually down. I think it is the modifier. So 18 would be four. And then oh, yeah, because die. these health pools are way smaller than I originally thought. Yeah, because they're actually really small. Like, these these quick ones, like, little verbal duels like this will be over in two or three exchanges. So you have four plus your hit dice, which is five. So you have nine determination. Thunder outside. Thematic. I think that's we'll firecrackers or whatever it is. Is it 7.30? Really? It's dark. Some people are really hyped. It, it, it is dark. That's fair. People are really excited about New Year's stuff. Some They're people do it earlier people. for their kids. Like, we used to have a thing where the kids would celebrate from 7.30 to 9.30, then they went to bed and the adults stayed up. That makes sense, actually. That makes sense. So, that's your determination. I'll put a red bar on that everybody can see. That's your determination right now for this verbal duel is 9. Let me figure out Baron of Care is really fast, because this is probably going to be lower, because I'm sure the average of his mental stats is not a modifier of 4. But let me look real quick. Uh, it's actually 0. And he has six hit dice. So you won't normally know exactly what he has, but for demonstrative purposes, I will let everyone see Baron O'Kara's determination as well. He's only got six. That's still going to be a full bar, but he's drunk and likes you guys and is inclined to believe you, so he doesn't have a whole lot into this. So in some situations, you could have advantages which will let you start with more or less, but there are no real stakes here. There is literally no downside to losing this. It's just a practice run. So we're all just starting with base, uh, base determination. So, tactics. This is where it gets interesting, and I want to set this up now, because the way we divide this up now, I believe we can continue to use for every verbal duel in the future unless there's a dramatic change in who has better skills than somebody else every tactic has to be assigned a skill 
and you can't assign skills to multiple tactics. And since there are five of you, it can come from anybody. I just put Kenya at the front because she has the most charisma. So for instance, baiting. The first skill, or uh, allegory would be the first skill, but that's not on the list for some reason. Where's allegory? Why does it start at baiting? Never stop baiting. Never stop baiting. Well, let's start with baiting because that's the first one on my list while I get the actual Ultimate Intrigue book PDF and open that up and uh, find that one real quick. Like, baiting can be used with bluff, intimidate, perform comedy, or sense motive. So you have to pick one of you with one of those <laughs> skills. And if you guys are baiting, that person is making that roll for every, every bait. I want to do the bait. You want to play with the form comedy? <laughs> How did we know? I, uh, did you say... Are you a master baiter? Oh. I was really hoping we could get through saying baiting 15 times without that no. happening, but here we are. It was still, there was, it was no hope. hope. No, no, we were doomed. That was, was a no dream. That was an absolute pipe dream. Okay, so write down somewhere on a uh, notepad or something that baiting is performed comedy. And I guess we could actually make it after after this session, we could make like a communal document for this. Intimidate? No, intimidate is going to be mockery. Yeah, you can put intimidate there, but then you can you can only use intimidate on one thing. Like, yeah, you yeah. can't bait and mock with intimidate. That's yeah, why so perform comedy. Though, if he's doing baiting? Yeah, because you only do one thing per turn. You assign a thing okay. to a thing. So if you're responding to Baron O'Kara by baiting, you're making a perform comedy roll. <laughs> Period. Okay. So never allegory. That. Allegory takes knowledge, history, knowledge, religion, perform act, or perform oratory. Softball this one to the local party bard. Would you like to assign perform oratory to allegories? Sure. So someone write that down too. At least each of you at least write down what skills you are responsible for. Because it's going to be a group effort. Again, this is sort of a complicated system. Which is why I'm doing this little intro for it, so both us here and you guys listening can figure this out. Because I don't think many people have played with this system. And I haven't seen an adventure path that utilized it before War for the Crown. So next is Emotional Appeal. Emotional Appeal can be Bluff, Perform Oratory, or Sense Motive. Perform Oratory is taken, so we Bluff or Sense Motive. I was going to say Emotional Appeal would be better for... If you want to do perform or two, you can do that. I'll put a different one on allegory. I think you should do that because I could do sense yeah. motive for this emotional one. Oh, do you want to put your sense motive on emotional? And she what's your? Allegory? But what's your sense motive for it? Well, let's not get into like numbers. If you want to take one of these and put a skill on it, I think without, emotional without, appeal would be better as a oratory than well, the actual skill numbers. Well, I also have sense motive, so more of us could do emotional appeals. Yeah, it does, it's okay. not tied to one person. It's just tied to sense motive. Okay. Keep so, in mind, some of these are more detrimental than others, so we need to have higher numbers on them. Yeah, yeah the that's, table as that's well. why some I was saying I feel like having... Well, then only you can do it is my problem. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, only you have... Emotional sense motive oratory. sounds good because you have several good sense motives in the party. Mm -hmm. So you've got a couple okay. of people... But we have a lot of good sense motives. motives. That was the only thing I was saying. Yeah. Yeah. For emotional appeal, we should use perform oratory. And for what allegory, was for allegory, you we should, should use, use religion. Yeah, we should use knowledge, history, or religion. Doesn't matter. 
because I'm pretty sure Baylor has the same in a bunch of his knowledges. So I have all of the knowledges. So you're anything I need verbal, to throw in the verbal out, debate, you're all acting as a group. So it's up to you guys. If you want to do that, you can do that. You want to put pick a knowledge on allegory and then perform oratory on emotional appeal. I think that would be better for us. Knowledge, anything, or does it have to be specific? History or religion? Which one do you history want? History or religion? Which I'll do, do history. Want, All right, history is allegory. Perform comedy is baiting. Perform oratory is emotional appeal. Flattery, bluff, diplomacy, or knowledge nobility. I can throw my knowledge nobility on that one. Uh, how about um, you said democracy? Er, Democracy. 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 Jesus. Diplomacy. Would be my vote. Kahina's got good diplomacy. I've got good diplomacy. I as well. I have fantastic knowledge and ability, so. Did you choose history or religion? You chose history. I put history for allegory. Alright, so. What do we go with? We're going with knowledge and ability on flattery? Uh, it's up to them. I, I'm fairly confident in my knowledge of the nobility. But if we want to put Kahina's diplomacy on that, it's also not a bad idea. Or anybody's diplomacy. Yeah, that's the thing. Diplomacy means anybody can do it, and mm -hmm. this is actually the only one that can... You should... There's no other diplomacy ones. Diplomacy can only be... Oh, well then, yeah, and diplomacy yeah, then. Diplomacy mm -hmm. definitely. Can only be flattery. Alright, logic. Knowledge pertinent to the subject. So you can put any knowledge on this. Or a praise or a relevant profession. Logic's interesting because it varies based on the duel. So we'll have to change logic to just a pertinent knowledge profession or a praise check each time. You guys are talking politics. Profession. So I would say knowledge local, knowledge nobility, knowledge history, or profession scribe. Profession bounty hunter. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to be a great debating one, unfortunately. Knowledge local. Yeah. Knowledge no, locals old. on logic. Okay, mockery. Bluff. Intimidate, intimidate from me. or perform comedy. So, intimidate? Yep. Intimidate right. works for that? Yeah. Presence only has intimidate or knowledge nobility. So, if you want to intimidate on mockery, you have to put knowledge nobility on presence. Yeah, that's fine. I think presence makes more sense for intimidate, honestly. Makes a lot of Just... sense for knowledge nobility, too. Because presence is like, do you know who I am? Like, yeah. Wait, so is mockery we're going to do Intimidate? Well, that's what mm -hmm. we're figuring. Presence and mockery, one of them can be Intimidate. If uh, mockery is Intimidate, presence has to be Knowledge Nobility. Well, if mockery if... is Bluff, presence can be Intimidate. Yeah, so if someone wants to put Bluff on mockery, I can put Intimidate on presence. Well, it's not coming from any one person. I'm just helping you write down skills that you can use. Because anybody but, can yeah. use these skills. The skills are just tied to the tactics one-to-one. -one. Yeah, that's why I'm, you know, we don't want to typecast it so only one person can use one of these. All right, well, we have to do just do one over the other. I guess what do let's you do, do bluff oh, so side pass on mockery. Okay, mockery is bluff, presence is intimidate. Uh, red herring, you cannot take. Sometimes this will happen. You probably won't have all your tactics at your disposal every verbal duel, but that's fine because Okara has a, bi a big bias against red herrings anyway. So you're going to be taking a big penalty to trying to distract him regardless. So not having access to red herring in this duel, probably okay. Because that's only bluff or perform oratory. Rhetoric. Oh, actually, diplomacy can be rhetoric too. Uh, diplomacy, 
linguistics, perform act, or perform oratory. So unless you want to move diplomacy here, that's got to be linguistics. I can do linguistics. Okay. And what were the other options for flattery again? Maybe we could switch them. Uh, bluff and knowledge nobility. You have to juggle a bunch of stuff around. Yeah. I was hoping, looking through this now, actually setting this up, I'm glad we're doing this, because I was hoping like we could build a list we could just use for everything. I realize now you're actually not going to have access to all the tactics in any duel, because I don't think there's a way you could arrange these that you get to have all of them. I mean, I'm sure there is. It's just some of them will be optimal. We just can't put a skill well, for multiple ones. Like, only intimidate knowledge nobility, and then there's like only linguistics and knowledge nobility and this one has only knowledge something else or they've only got two or three options and it's from not a huge pool of skills it might be possible to sit down and science out how to get access to every single tactic but i actually don't know that you will have it definitely isn't easy well i You're mean because we have perform comedy and perform oratory it opens up a big window of opportunity for us it does having performed comedy and perform oratory gives you a lot of options in a verbal duel uh, so what do we want to do with rhetoric? It has to be it had to be linguistics. Unless I can do linguistics. The last one is wit, which you currently don't have access to because it has to be linguistics or perform comedy. Yeah, so I mean that's fine. We just can't use wit. Fine. Okay. Well, so would we got... rather have wit or rhetoric? Yeah, that's up to you guys. He doesn't have uh... Oh, he, he was biased for rhetoric, so... Okay. You'll get a bonus on rhetoric, so yeah, keep rhetoric. So biases give you modifiers based on how... Like, who you are debating with and what they're more susceptible to. So Baron Akara, he likes you guys. This is just a for-fun discussion. He doesn't... Isn't really that invested, so it's just gonna be plus two or minus two. If you're using something he's biased for or against. So plus two on allegory, logic, presence, and rhetoric. Minus two on mockery and red herring. You don't even have red herring, so that's fine. Minus two on mockery. So we got all that assigned. So for the future, this step takes a lot longer than I thought it did. So if if we're going to have verbal duels coming up. like 12 minutes. Yeah, if we're going to have verbal duels coming up, I'll see if we can arrange this part before stream. Mm -hmm. um, but... Sometimes I can't. It will be difficult to do that without giving away. These don't stay do permanently happen. like this, linked to these I mean, skills. They can. You can. You can go into every verbal duel. That's like what this. I was thinking. But like, if there's one would. where they have a big bias for wit, then you got to move some stuff around because you don't have wit right now. Yeah, I also don't have any of these. But um. <laughs> can we not just move comedy to wit and use a different motive. one in there for you comedy? Have sense motive. Dara. Mm -hmm. you have uh, sense motive. Yeah, but we don't want. Uh, we don't wait have... for this one. We don't but... have sense motive for anything, do we? I'm almost no. positive we put sense motive on. No, we part. have perform oratory. Oh, you yeah, decided we didn't not to put sense, sense motive. motive on anything. That's right. I'm just yeah, saying, if we move something to wit, I'm sure we have another one that could pick up these other one. Uh, you could move I perform oratory move... to red herring and put sense Hold motive on. back on emotional appeal. We, we don't could... want red herring. Yeah, yeah, we don't want red herring. So what we but do is we, we have put sense, sense motive, motive on, on baiting, and we put okay. perform comedy on wit. There, there you go. go. I like it. Sense motive on baiting, perform comedy on wit. Yeah, just so everyone can at least yeah. roll dice at some point. Because sense that means anyone could do baiting essentially if they have sense motive. Also, if any of you guys in the party don't have a copy of Ultimate Intrigue, I'm sorry because this is probably super hard to follow without actually having the rules in front of you. You can but, just uh, 
uh, pull it up, can't you? Listing all these tactics. Yeah, you can you can pull it up on the PFSRD, but it's not organized as great. Huh. Fair. It's it's usable. It, it, but, it's uh, difficult to look through at times. Yes. It, it's harder to look through, I think, than having actual. Is that screen. a rubber band? Uh, what is that? I keep hearing like a slingshot or something happening. It's the fireworks. Oh man, that's that's it's a weird, weird. So noise. now that we have all of our tactics assigned. We have to do some modification to our skill rolls. So, all of the skills that you have assigned to a tactic that are not based on charisma are now based on charisma. All of them are based on charisma for purposes of a verbal duel. So, sense motive skills with wisdom, take your wisdom modifier out, add your charisma modifier. You retain the plus three bonus for being a class skill. If you have... What? I don't think it applies here, but if you have any equipment on you that gives you bonuses to skills, it does not apply in a verbal duel. Boo. So if you had like a crown of plus five to diplomacy, you do not get that plus five in a verbal duel. Called a circlet of persuasion. Whatever. I need you, one of those, you by knew the way. what I was talking about. So make sure that uh, in your rolls, for the moment, you put as a temporary modifier a minus whatever you have for that. Because on this... these sheets, you can click the little gear and physically change what's uh, oh ability score it's going off of. That's awesome. Do right, that is feats cool. still count? Feats. Let me see. I'm actually not positive. And spells. Well, we don't spells have any spells. Spells do right not now. count. If you if you had any spells, don't count. Um, feats do not either. Okay, I, I get the same edge, I guess. This this very heavily normalizes the skill rolls, so that everyone has a chance to participate, but then puts them all on charisma. But your. Did tell you guys, come in this campaign with low charisma, you're gonna have a bad time. In my Your defense, intimidating prowess still counts, I think. Doesn't that specifically call out that it does? Some feats oh, say they work in verbal tools. Yeah, hope you didn't dump charisma. So, after we try this, I wanna see how this goes. And seeing as we're on the actual Paizo channel now, I don't want to modify the rules too much, but I'm not seeing the particular reason why all the skills get converted to charisma um your physical might intimidating to others uh just add strength to skill checks in addition to your charisma modifier it has oh, yep. in addition so there you go yeah you can still that still works because if the okay. default the thing it pulls from normally gets converted to charisma if it's not charisma but if that adds on to you're okay anything that adds directly to your skill ranks or puts a stat onto a skill is fine Anything that gives a bonus to the skill, like if it says plus five to diplomacy checks, doesn't count. And, uh... Okay. I still have crazy intimidate. Spells don't really count. So... Well, yeah, that's a charisma one. How many of you guys have items or abilities that increase any of the skills you're using here? Do you have a, you have a circular persuasion, Kahina? I have... 
Do I have it? I'm looking to see if I have anything else just naturally to... Because you do get something else in exchange. They're not yeah. totally useless. You get an edge. Because I've got, I've got over here miscellaneous plus twos in my charisma-based skills just for being a bard. You... I think you've got... No, that that that's a class feature you have. Yeah. And uh, that's that's an ability. All right. How about a f you said feats don't right? What feat do you have? I have alertness from the sword, which adds to sense motive. All right. So instead of that, you have an edge. Okay. So you don't Quite get literally. that bonus on your skill, <laughs> but you get an edge. Um, an edge. That one's too, you said sense motive? Uh, yeah. An edge lets you re-roll a roll during a an exchange. Uh, so if you roll just really poorly, you can get another shot at it. Edges are insurance. But if you get, since your edge came from buffing sense motive, you can only use that re-roll on a sense motive uh, roll. Okay. Per turn or once per... Per duel. verbal duel. Per duel. In addition, you guys have one general purpose edge because Baron O'Kara likes you and is inclined to listen to you. So that's one you can just use on anything. And Kahina has two from being a wit. Kahina has two from being a wit. <laughs> Here's where the archetype shines. I was really surprised nothing could come up about her having powers in that yet, but I said we just weren't high enough level. So I get my modifier, and then you said plus three, and then I get another. You get you get you get charisma modifier. You get the three if it's still a class skill. You still get the class skill bonus. You no. still get all the ranks I, you put in it. I so I don't think any. I don't think you have any equipment or anything you need to take no. out. You're just it's rolling just what me. it is. Yeah. So you have three so edges. Plus nine. And Anori has one extra. That can only be used on sense motive. Okay. Yep. I I have the ring. Ooh, what does the ring give you? Remind me. That's I know I wrote it down. Um I, I, I don't like this sheet in that it doesn't like have places specifically for rings and That's stuff. Okay, I'm pretty sure that I can just go look up the ring in the book. Possibly faster than you can get there. I'm here. So <laughs> Diplomacy Plus and... two on diplomacy and linguistics perform. That is not enough of a bonus to give you an edge. Sorry. Right. Okay, it, has to be, it has to be at least a plus three, and then it converts it to right. an edge. So, my friends, you guys get to open the duel here. So step one, as you are just kind of talking politics and trying to either advance to assert the cause of the loyalists or trying to pretend you're moderate or whatever it is you're doing, how do you want to open? Since he hasn't had a tactic yet, you can pretty much pick anything. But it's worth mentioning that not only does he have a bias for allegory, allegory gets an extra bonus as uh, being used as an opener. I believe there's one... Uh, all Every single one has a special. I think that's the only one that has like an opener no. bonus but also look at what things could be countered by so if you were to open with allegory 
he would have a rough time returning with either allegory or presence. Oh, open with that there, Baylor. I mean, it's not going to be very good. Well, basically, I know we just got bogged down in rules for 20 minutes because we're looking at a new system. But you started talking. He laughed. Said, "You guys, loyalists. Uh, you guys, those loyalist sympathizers. Uh, no, no judgment against you, of course. It's just I haven't really had an opportunity to sit down and discuss our views. What do you say to him? So first of all, who's going? That's why and if you can feel, feel free to just start talking and then make a roll. I mean, we can choose anything to open with, right? Yeah, you can open with anything. Yeah. Why don't we open strong then? You're not. So this is a. I know Logic. we're learning and trying to figure all these out and practicing and whatnot. But no, uh, like this based isn't on the a sheet. Yeah, this is a, this is a discussion. So you're. So, talking to him. You're not, he's saying something and you all huddle for five minutes discussing what to do and then right. someone turns around and addresses him. Someone just start talking. Someone, uh, whoever has, thinks they want to step in, just pick a tactic, start talking, and tell me when you're rolling. Do you think because she's a woman, she will not be as good as a ruler? And that was a bait. I was gonna say that is absolutely baiting. I love it. That's the baitiest bait I've ever heard in my life. So roll me your skill for bait. Okay. So you rolled a five, which means you, you can't get ten total. Start an exchange with baiting. Oh, you can't? I thought it just didn't give any. Oh, that's it has a special rule. That's baiting special thing specifically, is you can't start with a bait. Uh. Oh, but it's yeah, not these, the, these are the ones I have to learn. Yeah, you cannot open with bait. It's in special. You can't start with red herring either. You can't open with baiting or red herring because there's not okay. really a discussion going on. Where does it say that? Where does it it's say that? Oh, it says, it's it under says... baiting. I'm not looking at what page you have open. I'm actually looking at open. That's probably... It, it just says opponent ends exchange rather than encountering. You do not take minus two penalty in future baiting. Yeah, and also baiting cannot be employed to open an exchange. Yeah, see, this is why we gotta why we gotta look and learn these. And uh, red herring can't be used as an opener either. So those are the only two. On the uh, verbal so debate tactic Google Doc over on the far right as the opener oh, spot. Oh, not applicable. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's on my thing. I even put that on the yep, table. Did. Oh, cool. I didn't know. I thought that just that meant it wasn't a oh, plus okay, two or minus. Oh, and logic actually gets a plus two as an opener. Yeah, that's why I was saying start I strong and use logic. I did a good job with this table. That was good bait, unfortunately, but you it can't was very good bait. That was well, very good, though. Yeah. That's what Save we want. So somebody else. <laughs> we'll use it yeah, in a second. Save it for the next round. Come back with that. <laughs> All right. So somebody, somebody so else replied. Somebody open with some logic. Logic is local, so who's got local? <laughs> I've got local. Yeah. I mean, it's like I said, I. Like, all of these intelligence-based skills are going to be terrible when I roll them because they're not intelligent-based anymore. Yeah, now they're charisma. That really hurts us. But you get all your ranks and you get your... See, the funny thing is, that doesn't change at all for me, so I will start this. I'm going to start this by... So the goal is... Here's how we're going to do this. Here's how I'm going to do this with the plus two. You just start talking. You don't have to announce. This isn't combat. You're not announcing. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how in the hell knowledge local applies to what he's asking. I mean, that 
does it don't th you don't have to talk around the skill you're talking around the tactic and the skill is just what you roll because it's associated okay so don't talk the tactic if you employ the tactic in a way that i can correctly guess what tactic you're going Ooh. for i'll give you I've a plus two play. on the roll i've got a good one okay well I'm uh, going to say, <laughs> I, go I'm going go to say that I believe that following. Just thinking really hard. I have to look at her name. Eutropia. Eutropia. Princess Eutropia is the correct way for me to go from the perspective of a noble because I think that my responsibility as the first son of my house is to expand my family's claim and i believe i can do that better with her than other leadership so that's logic obviously so you roll a 17 you get how on earth do you end up at 28 plus 11 how do you have plus How 11? How do you have plus Did 11? Did you change it to charisma? Yes. My charisma and my intelligence are both two, and it has five skill ranks. It's a class skill for me. And oh. starting at level one, I have a trait to get plus one to it. The trait does not apply. So you're plus 10. Okay. Because it's plus one, two, knowledge local, not which is uh, things that don't count. So it's still 27. So yeah. the way this works is after that, 27 is the current target and the ante becomes one. So now Baron O'Kara is going to reply. He's going to reply, uh, whatever he replies with, his check has to beat 27, or he loses the this exchange. And, okay. Uh, and and he it, takes damage, right? And like, yeah, and then he loses one determination. And... He loses one if he doesn't reply. He loses yeah, if, two if, if he, he just doesn't reply. reply. Yeah, because when he replies, it goes to two immediately. And then if he doesn't beat you, he loses too. If he loses, he then gets to start the next exchange with his choice of thing. So he's going to reply to you. I, of course, I can I can understand that, but you got to look at the future. You got to look at what what's going to become of your family. And if Taldor doesn't have the power to stand on its own and support herself as a nation, if we're spending too much time squabbling amongst ourselves, what kind of a world is that going to be to raise your kids in, Sir Stalwart? So you say her, herself as a nation. Oh, hold on, we got dice to roll. First. We, got, we roll dice, dice in between everything. <laughs> <laughs> there's this dice in between each thing here. This is, She's so <laughs> determined. I love it. She wants it, to go You're like, so oh, it's supposed to be a conversation, Bruin. Oh, my it, goodness. It is a conversation, but it's a conversation, a die roll, a response, a die roll, a response, a die roll. And we're going to get to the point where we go, roll, go, roll, go, roll. But uh, I also have to keep track of Baron Akira's bazillion skills he has assigned to everything, because I also had to do that. Emotional appeal for him is bluff. This isn't quite as complicated as I was expecting. It's not. It's really weird to explain up front. But once you get going, it's pretty okay. So his emotional appeal is bluff. And I'll just open roll this for demonstrative purposes of how the Andy works. So he gets a spicy three, <laughs> which means he very solidly loses the exchange. 
But before he loses the exchange, because he replied, the ante goes to two. He then failed to beat your uh, your 27. Which means Could have rolled loses, a hard 20 and would have failed. <laughs> he loses the exchange and loses two determination. Because he, he, he realizes that his response there is... It's, it's not fantastic. And usually, the, is you're, you're trying to sway an audience. In this situation, Baron O'Kara is both your opponent and also the audience. And you're trying to sway him. So he's, he's not entirely sold by his own ways. So, he kind of takes a step back. Says, uh, okay. L look at it this way. You know... You, you know some amount of tolls in history, I assume, the group of you. you. You know how this nation came to how it was in the first place. We, we've had to go through so much difficulty to get where we were uh, to get where we are today uh, when the first army of exploration set out settled Taldora and claimed this sovereign land for themselves they weren't looking to, <laughs> to make the surrounding nation stronger they were setting down to make a, their own name to make their own Taldor their own country they could grow and uh, mold into its uh, power in its own right. Are you trying to school me Dice. in the history of the Dice. military? Dice. Huh? Dice. He has to roll. <laughs> he has to roll. <laughs> oh man! She's so ready. Ready. She's, 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 she's so excited. She's out of her face. She's so she ready to go. So badly. I thought I we went first. No, he no, goes he first. Has, he lost, so he yes. opens the next he exchange. Does it snake like that every time, though? Whoever loses starts the next exchange. Okay, so, so if it's you like take golf, damage, then. you get to set up the next one. So, Okara, this one was his knowledge history. Or was this his knowledge history and ability? I just looked at it, I forgot. This was his knowledge. Really, uh, yeah, knowledge history. Does he use the same skill with his as we have lined up with ours? He has the same options. He, yeah, he has the same options, but he has assigned his own skills to various things. Okay. And I realize now I have to go through and do this for everybody who's going to verbal duel, and I should probably do it while I'm not streaming. But anyway, he... And these won't be open rules normally either. You won't actually know what the ante is. So, he oh. opened with an allegory, which uh, brings the ante to one, because he's opening, and he got the world's spiciest seven. So, if you want to reply to him, you have to beat seven with whatever your comeback is. And then allegory, uh, you can, like hypothetically, if you didn't want to go after something, like if you wanted to start your own tech or the ante was getting really high and you didn't have a lot of faith in yourself, you can also concede, which means you will take the current ante to your determination immediately, but then you also get to start a new exchange with a lower ante. Why would and you strategically concede the round? Because if you try to respond and fail, the ante goes up to more. two and you take an extra point of damage. But allegory specifically, if you concede immediately, the ante goes up by two right then. If you concede to an allegory opener, you get slapped. So you take three. So you definitely want to reply to it. This is a game of luck, baiting, and numbers. It is kind of like push your luck simulator. It's like how... Because when you it's don't like know the number, combat. yeah, when you don't actually know that, when you're not seeing this seven here, when you don't know what the other guy's rolling, if you've bounced something back four times, or if you send it over with a 27 and they send it back, you gotta, it's higher than 27. So at that point, it might be better to just eat the hit 
rather than and the ante is the damage you take essentially. Right. So that was a so now let's see if we can just go. Go, Brent. That's your cue. Are you trying to school me on the history of the country? I know the military history of this country. Uh, do not tell me try and school me on this type of thing. And this is the uh, intimidate. If you couldn't tell. Presence. So yeah, presence. That, that's that's presence. You're like, presence. I like how oh, she presence. I like how she dropped the note. No. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, you, you're trying to like you were the face of a part in recruitment. You were a big military figure. You're like you gonna come at me like I don't know about the average explanation. <laughs> Basically, and, Captain uh, America. Yeah, and you got 23. So the anti goes up to two. It's 23. It's back to Baron Akira. Oh, of course. So I'm not trying to demean you or insult you in any way. I'm, I don't mean it like that. You understand. I'm just saying, we got to where we are through, first of all, hard work and perseverance and making sure that we always put ourselves first. Taldor is what's most important for Taldor. It's easy to spread yourself too thin. And if you try to expand your resources in every direction, you, soon enough, you're going to find out you didn't keep enough bagging home. And so he's going to go for his logic. I, I need to just make a table for all these guys that I could pull up. And his logic is his knowledge. Uh, that's his knowledge nobility. So let me just... I have to roll it manually, because I could roll it out of his sheet, but it'll GM roll it. And he gets a 12. So, as his skills are not super fantastic for verbal dueling, because he replied, then he goes up to 3, <coughs> because he didn't beat 23... This exchange is over, and he loses three more determination. We have him on the ropes. <laughs> you get, you get him. <clears throat> Look, at the end of the day, I didn't get to where I am by not understanding what makes a government powerful. I mean, I'm the baron of the whole southeast of Marat. I'm your baron, as a matter of fact. I think I at least have some idea what I'm talking about. And so he swings back with presence. With his intimidate. And he puts it at 24. Now, in a normal duel, you wouldn't know that the ante is 24 right now. But, well, you know the ante is 1. You wouldn't know that the... Uh, the DC is at 24 right now. Baron, we understand your reasoning and we understand uh, your position, but you also must understand that even with me married to a military man and also of my parents of serving the military, serving the military did not farewell for my parents not everybody in the military is pure not everybody has the country's best interest at heart sometimes might is right is not the right for everyone and i am i i am just a proof of this i have lost my father to charges that were trumped up just so that they could be 
just so that someone else could supply the military with goods. So now my father rots in prison because a military man thought he knew what was better for everyone in the country out of his own greed. Is this uh This would be an emotional appeal. appeal. Ah, you get a plus two. If you can do it well enough, I can guess your tactic, you get a plus two. I mean, it's roleplay points. But by all means, if you just want, if you have no idea and you're just like, I use allegory, you can do that and just roll like, a die. I just, need this number. Yeah, yeah like, don't, don't say like what you did. See if he guesses uh, it. Yeah, because if get I get it, you, I'm giving you a plus two. If you roleplay it well enough that I can call what you're doing, you get a plus two on your which own. Which she did. Yeah, I which I did. probably use the edge on this. But seriously, if you're just yeah, like, well. I'll use the edge on this too. Well, for me. Edge is a reroll, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah so you don't get a reroll or is it roll twice and take the better? I'm no, it's a reroll. Pretty sure it's a straight up reroll. It's a reroll. You use it after, don't you? Yeah, rerolls just yeah. You just roll it. If it's not good enough, you can reroll it. Since you have three okay. edges, you can literally. I want to make three sure times. I've got all of this right. <laughs> like I don't that I have all of my add-ins for this. Because so I get a plus two for that, and then a plus five, and then four for my modifier, and then another plus three. If it's a class skill, yeah. Yeah. You so just, you what, pretty what, much get to use your entire actual yeah. stat. What, right. what 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 skill are you using? Uh, charisma. No, what skill? Perform oratory. Yeah, because oratory is based on charisma, so you get the whole thing. But plus two that Squid just gave me. Yeah, plus yeah. two for roleplay points. Yeah. Okay. So basically, you turned on the you so, turned on the waterworks, and you're gonna. Yeah, the I was getting ready to fake cry, but Squid stopped me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw it. I saw you were about to. I, like, I wanted to do that when he was talking with the sword, but I was I, I ain't a method actor. I tried. Okay. <laughs> All right. So it'll be whatever this is plus two. Okay. So you roll a 19. <laughs> In the ground. Which gives Goodbye. you a, a real spicy 32. And also... 34. He, he used presence... Yeah, it's 34. Did you also add the plus two for responding to presence with an emotional appeal? Nope. Oh, that so was just 36. lucky. Yeah, because uh, emotional appeal after presence is an, an additional plus two. Because you got to look at these tactics all also mm -hmm. interact with each other. Yeah. So that's a 36. And if you the and he goes up to two, because you're responding. And then if you successfully bounce an emotional appeal back the ante goes up another point that's another special for emotional appeal every tactic's got special stuff so you got to look at your skills you got to think about what they did what kind of interactions the tactics had and what specialty every tactic has emotional appeal makes a verbal exchange worth more more ante oh, at this point high five. baron okara <laughs> is gonna kind of look at you he leans back a bit and strokes his beard. Uh, I suppose you got a point. Honestly, I ain't really spent that much time sitting around thinking about politics. Really, I mostly just figured I'd fall in line behind the count. I got my barony to run. I don't have a lot of other time occupied to really be thinking about how stuff runs but it seems like you guys have put a lot of thought into this and it sounds right to me honestly i just don't really understand if follow what you say is true or the count falls on the other side of this uh, maybe the count is just 
like you said, when you're out here and removed from some stuff, from from some of the goings on in the cities, some of the more ugly parts of the politics that rear their heads there don't necessarily filter out here for quite some time. I guess I can understand that. There's a downside to being so secluded, I suppose. You don't get the... Uh... I mean, that's not really the kind of stuff you hear about living out here. We just mostly deal with our own. You know, I never honestly put much thought into it. I always just kind of assumed that the thing I'd always believed is, is uh, was enough for me, really. Never had enough of a reason to second guess it, but... You know, the vote did go through. Legally, Princess Eutropia is still a princess, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I agree. I don't. Like I said, letter of the laws what matters. If we ain't gonna, if we're not gonna follow our own laws, no one's gonna respect us, and mm. we ain't gonna respect ourselves. Hmm. And I still feel like even under her, we can still have a strong military that will, once you know, once everything is settled, we can pull together as a nation, and maybe even we can, uh, we can persuade Dara to uh, start a military recruitment out here. <laughs> It's not a zero-sum game, I suppose. Taldor's got plenty of resources. It's not like we're giving up our borders and our sovereignty to expand and look after our relations. We've been looking after our own. I mean, hell, take a look at Marat. Take a look at your own town, for what it's worth. You gotta... Your folk down Stocky's barely making a living while we're sitting in here having this whole conversation. It's like... I don't know. It's something to think about, that's for sure. And he looks like he's means that very seriously. He is yes. considering this. You have planted the seed into Baron Akara. And we have, through trials and tribulations, gotten through one verbal duel. Which I think was incredibly helpful because just oh, I, yeah, I think doing sure. it once made it a lot easier to understand. Because it's a huge block of rules if you're trying to read, and it's hard to visualize how the interactions and everything are going to work. So doing it, I'm glad that I did this. This kind of mostly no-stakes verbal duel one time, just so we could try one. Because there are not no-stakes verbal duels in Warp for the Crown. There are only very, very high-stakes verbal duels. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we're your... set up to handle them pretty well. Yeah, that went, that went pretty well. You guys have got some pretty good roles. It helps that Baron O'Kara has eight charisma. So <laughs> I don't know why you guys were surprised. It also helps that we have a wit. Colleges, though. You do yeah. literally have a wit. She's actually an archetype well, that is fully built for this. Because my knowledges all go down to like five or lower. That's because yours are based on a stat being super high, whereas mine are based yeah. on I keep on putting points into them. Yeah, this is where... It's kind of an interesting divide with how skills are represented in Pathfinder, that your stat lends itself to them, but the ranks are really how much you are actually invested in that skill. Like how, because it's it's literally trained with no ranks or untrained. And when you get down to a debate where ideas and positions are being dissected, how much you're trained in it matters a lot more than your natural aptitude via stats, unless your stat is charisma, in which case. Well, I mean, charisma is how you that present bonus. it. Yeah. So, we definitely need to stop, though, because we are, <laughs> we are into well, stopping time. Legally, we don't have to stop. We don't, but we're going to. 
Yeah. Because we're supposed <laughs> to be funny. And although we currently enjoy the luxury of not having anything that comes on immediately after us, so we're not pressured to get off instantly, we should probably get off. So, chat, Happy New Year's to all you guys. Yeah. Thank you.